Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania, where we broadcast live each live each and every weeknight. That's uh, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us. Headline-rich day, of course, the terrorist attack in London, U.K. Wow, what a surprise that was. And um, to bring in... And, and to talk about uh, the Day of Islam, among other things, the threat of Islam, I can think of no better person than Dr. Paul Williams. And he's a good friend of the program, good friend of mine, and uh, he's an author. He's an extraordinary, extraordinary man, extraordinary, um, so intelligent about the threat posed by this uh, death cult of Islam. And how dare... I'm going to open this up with saying this. How how dare any of these mind-numbed, mindless, idiotic, moronic individuals out there, how dare any of these people attempt to dignify the cult that is Islam as a religion, as it is shown on, well, uh, you get into a car, you mow down a bunch of people, you kill a cop, you start... Sh- I, I mean, seriously. What is wrong with people where they don't quite understand that this is, these are the basic tenets of Islam? And if that is is any... I mean, that's the way it is. And, and here to explain the way it is is Dr. Williams. But I'm really... I'm I, Again, I, I come... I More and more and more, I, I am angry. I am angry at the people who aren't getting this. Their own words indict them. Their own words. The words of their holy book indict them. And I'm not being racist or xenophobic or homophobic or whatever phobic, Islamophobic. I'm not. Read the book. Read the Quran. Read the Hadith understand what they're doing what we're witnessing here is a war it's a war and and frankly I'm angry that that we have allowed it to get this far and and if if that's hate speech you know is that hate speech really is telling the truth hate speech yep I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry that you feel that way. You, the ones who are saying, well, you can't say that because you might offend the sensibilities of people. But you know what? It's about time we have a conversation, an adult conversation in this country. It's about time we, we talk plain about the threat that we face. All right? Our guest, Dr. Paul Williams, he's been under threat 
they want to kill him. They, they want to kill me. They want to kill our families. We've been told this. Yet, on the other side, we've been told, wait, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Oh, it's, it's okay. You see, it's a religion of peace. We'll keep thinking that as the Muslims invade your town and take your women and breed like rabbits on LSD. I don't know. Joe, let's bring on our guest. Is, yeah, we don't have a, oh, we don't, we don't we have a call on, on yet. Right. Um, about this terrorist attack in London, there's a few interesting points I want to make sure we hit on. I was hoping that the the main article on Drudge and the linking to the Daily Mail had changed some of the initial reports. They were reporting that an, an, a middle-aged Asian man with a knife carried out these attacks. But if you look at the pictures, it's a bald guy with a huge uh, beard. The guy's Muslim. It, it, you just it, He's Muslim. Um, but two or three times, just in the, in the main part, in the beginning part of the article, they uh, call the guy Asian. Now, what we know about this attack is that a police officer named Keith Palmer was stabbed to death. He was a police officer for 15 years. The, this man who carried out the terrorist attack took a vehicle, ran over several people on the bridge before smashing the car into uh, the parliament building, getting out, stabbing the police officer, and attempting to storm the parliament, apparently, and was shot dead by a, an officer who did have a gun. No, I don't know. Most, I guess most police officers in the U.K. don't have guns for whatever yeah, reason. That's real smart, isn't it? <laughs> but um, the name of the attacker, who who was this attacker? There's been a few names that have come out. Um, and one of the names apparently was wrong. They said, no, this wasn't the guy. He was in jail. It was a radical Islamic cleric. And they said, this can't be the guy. This guy's in jail. Um and not, now apparently there's five dead, over 40 injured in this attack. But, um. Well, they gotta get their story straight, apparently. They say right? hate preacher Abu Lazadin. Don't even try. Formerly known as Trevor Brooks was falsely named as the attacker in early reports. So we're still waiting. There's confusion over the identity of the, the London terrorism suspect and we're still waiting for a why, name. Why are we even doing this? You know, let me ask you a question. If, if nothing is going to change, why, why, are, why are we even doing this? If no one cares, why do we even do this? And the mayor of London finally came out and issued a statement, but would ref- he refused to say anything about radical Islamic terrorism or Islamic terrorism. And from a tweet, I believe it was a tweet or a statement he put out in August of 2016, uh, I'm going to paraphrase here, he said something along the line that Trump tweeted today, uh, about today, saying how it was disgusting, but the London mayor... Uh, came out and said, well, you live in a big city, you're going to have to expect terrorist attacks. So we'll have more on this. Uh, okay, you know why we have to expect terrorist attacks is because no one will identify the problem. Terror is a tactic. It's not a target. Terrorism is a tactic. It is not a target. We don't, there's no war on terrorism. We can't, we can't have a war on a tactic. Terrorism is a tactic. Say it with me now. Terrorism is a tactic, not a target. We are defending ourselves against Muslim uh, terror. 
Now, Muslim terrorists are our target. And the Muslims are the ones that are attacking us. What are you going to do? Roll over and say, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And, and see, that's the problem. Many Christians, and, and sorry for having to, I see them over there, knobs and switches and because of the volume, and I apologize. But let me tell you something. You know, look, look, look. You, you know, if you're a Christian out there, and I'm serious about this, I I am so sick and tired of the Christians who are not standing up for the truth or who are selling out. I'm so sick and tired. And I can say that because I'm a Christian. It's like my family, for example. If my child does something, if, if I'm a parent, my child does something with another group of people, I can talk about my child and say, look, you did something you, you did wrong. Okay, so I figure it's part of the family. So me being a member of the Christian community, I feel somewhat of, I feel I have some some leeway there. But see, I, I expect this from secular humanists, this kind of BS, crappy, uh, mealy-mouth behavior. And, and, and uh, you know, I expect that. But within the Christian community, we can win simply and solely on the numbers. We can win by by getting ourselves together can we not by 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 putting up a fight and, and by not allowing the the tactic or not allowing the war to be defined not allowing the war to be defined by people who want to tell us that muslims and christians worship the same god because they don't these coexist bumper stickers Rip them off the cars you see. There is no such a, there's no such thing as, as coexistence with people who want to kill you and kill us. And yes, you know, I can speak, I know from where I speak because I have had the death threats. Dr. Williams, who's coming on, has had the death threats. Steve Quayle has had the death threats. We have had law enforcement officers in our homes saying, you better, you better, you better bulk up your security. We're not going to help you. And you better watch what you say too. That's just a kind of friendly advice. And before we, we go too far down this road, because I know Paul Williams will be on in momentarily, um, I want to make sure we hit this story because this story has been overshadowed today by the terrorist attacks in London. I mean, rightfully so. But today, uh, House Intelligence Chairman uh, Devin Nunez declared that members of Donald Trump's transition team, including Trump himself, were under inadvertent surveillance following November's presidential election. Um, and this has gotten the spin. And Greg Hunter is going to be on another. Adam, Adam Schiff was was a, just a, as far as I'm concerned, a, a spineless. Uh, yeah, he uh, sob when he was talking about. Well, you know, uh, this cloud. You know, what what and, kind of what kind of twisted linguistic show do are are we witnessing here with with respect to this? They have their, their own, own lexicon in the in the English language, and they're using. I mean, they when you look at. Um, I was reading part of a, a book on Amazon. I, I was going to order the book, and it's about uh, communism and the languages that they use. The Marxist communists, and how they have different definitions for words like justice for. Uh, you know, equality and all these different things, but and this is part of it. And I, I think a lot. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think a lot more is going to come out. By the way, that Mr. Schiff um, 
you know, was backpedaling and trying to spin this. Adam Schiff to me, I, 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 get him on the phone. I want to talk to this this piece of crap. G- give me his phone number. Well, let's call him right now. You know, one of the thing that uh, Nunez said was that this had nothing to do with the um, with Russians, and there was no connections between Trump and Russia. And then Schiff came out and said that this clouds the investigation into Russia, even though that Nunez already said that you know this had nothing to do with Russia. This had to do with FISA warrants surveilling other foreign leaders. And, and again, Greg <laughs> Hunter is going to come on and talk about this at, at, in detail. As I spoke with him on the but phone you know, today, he was all fired up. He had a lot of great points. I, I hope he is fired up, and I hope he rips every every listener a new one. I, I really do. But let me ask you a question. When in the hell has it been okay, you know, for the, uh, for, for the, uh, uh, security apparatus to listen to everything we say, to record it, and, and just, just to file it away so when, when they need it. Okay, we have lost the civil liberties in this country. America is no longer the America of, of the 1950s, no longer. The globalists have taken over this country. Yes, I understand that. But you know what? I am not letting go without a fight. I am ready for a fight. I'm itching for a fight. Bring it. Let's let's bring it on. Let's get it over with. Because I don't want my my kids and my grandkids to fight this fight. Uh, our generation let it happen. Let our generation put this to bed. And and that's and I'm telling you, that's the way it is. Okay, I'm serious about this. And, and Joe, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just I'm I'm, I am so ticked off over over the mealy mouth Christian these Christians these self righteous. Christians who fail to back up people like Josh Tully, you heard yesterday, who failed to back up people like, uh, uh, well, just anybody, everybody. We can, you know, if you would stop your whining and complaining and picking out the nits out of other people's eyes and get your, get your act together, let's get, let, and this is another thing too. Let me tell you something else while I'm at it. Uh, we, the, the independent media, and, and this is a call to everyone in the independent media right now. We're calling this a summit. We had mob guys on and mob fighters on. There was a, there was a meeting in Appalachia in 1957 of all the mob families. You remember that? Probably not. History isn't taught anymore. A lot of things were, a lot of things were settled, but it, boy, I'll tell you that meeting. A lot of things were settled from that meeting. Well, that's what we're going to have an Appalachian meeting. Go ahead and look it up on uh, not on Wikipedia, that piece of garbage, but on on on, on a non fake news site. Are you saying you're criminals and are going to have a criminal meeting to further? No, criminal no, we are going to we the <laughs> independent the media. <laughs> look, look, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, I know. Go, go, come on. The independent media right now. I'm going to. Uh, I look. I've. I've there are, there are numerous people I have talked to over the course of the last several days in the independent media. I'm talking huge names everyone knows. And we're going to come out swinging. All right? We're going to come out swinging. We are going to band together, and we are going to be a formidable force. So when they do take this video down, which I, trust me, this is going to go away. Um there might there're going to be five more okay there're going to be five more in its place so um but i got off kind of on on the tangent you know london it's coming to the united states it is here in the united states if you if if again to the again to the christians because the 
listen to me. If you are a Christian, if you identify yourself as a Christian, okay, you've got a couple of choices to make. You can say, well, you know, I'm going to retreat to my prayer closet. Let me pray about this. And I am not, please understand me when I say this, I am not. We need that. We need the prayer warriors. We need the people. We need prayer. We need to do this prayerfully. Okay? Our fight needs to be prayerfully considered. However, however, we must not use Christianity as an excuse not to respond. The other thing, we must not react, but respond. We don't react. Reacting is, is a knee-jerk thing. It's never good to react. We respond. Prayerfully responding with a righteous, godlike indignation. That's what we, we've got to do. But see, we as Christians can, can, can battle this. We can win on the numbers. And as I said before, okay, I speak from a position of experience. Right now, Sheikh Mubarak Ali Jalani, the head of the, the uh, Islamic compounds, they were, they, they, they used to be a terrorist organization. He's got a real, he's got a fatwa against me. And Paul Williams, by the way, Dr. Paul Williams, I, as I told you before, had the FBI in my home saying, yeah, 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 you ought not to be poking that bear. Oh, and by the way, yeah, you know, increase the security on your family. Oh, believe me, we did. We have. And, and, but see, it takes people like Dr. Paul Williams, the people who know, the people who understand the threat, the people who have investigated the threat, the people who have written about the threat, the people who have been put and and scorned by the mainstream media, and and it takes people like him, and hopefully us, to define the threat, and to and to stand up to it, and say you know what, not us, and we're not going to take a break at the bottom of the hour, not us. Not anymore. We're done. Terrorism is not a target. It is a tactic. And terrorism, it's not just terrorism. It's Islamic terrorism. We did not draw first blood. They did. But we will respond in kind. Dr. Paul Williams, welcome to the program. Like no place I'd rather be, and something something that your listeners should be aware of. Uh, most people, and I've traveled around with them, uh, uh, Pamela Geller and Frank Gaffney, and you, 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 you get the list is long. Uh, they say they're ter- counterterrorism experts, that they're experts on this, on radicalists. They have never met a terrorist. But let me tell you something. Doug Hagman has met many terrorists, and I have followed his lead in meeting the terrorist. But D- Doug Hagman, he could say, well, I'm just going to report or I'm going to write. No, 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 no. He has been there. He has seen them. He has photographed them. And everybody else. We lost, All right, we, we lost Paul. We'll but, get him back. But, but I'll tell you, just to fill in the blanks, Joe and I were in Boston. We looked in the eyes of a soulless creature, a Muslim, a soulless Muslim 
who is identified as John Doe, okay, the John Doe from the Oklahoma City bombing. We looked into the soulless black eyes of this man. And, I, boy, I, well, I could, if, if, I wish I could tell you the story we saw of the what video. happened. Do we still have the video? Of course we have the video. <clears throat> but, but if I could tell you the story of what happened after, after. See, here's what happened. We did surveillance. We looked in that man's eyes. We understood. We uncovered things. Do you realize, and, and I, because there's no names here, you realize that, you know what he did? He checked himself into a, a psychiatric center three days later. Actually, we weren't even out of, uh, we weren't even out of Boston. We didn't even reach the city limits. And he, uh, checked himself into Boston. But, uh, again, uh, Dr. Paul Williams is the man that, uh, you know, he says, I looked in terrorist eyes. This guy, Dr. Paul Williams is looking in the eyes of terrorists. Is he back? Yeah, right, I'm let's, back. Let's... I'm back. Right. Right, thanks, see, that's what happens when you talk to Doug Hagman. Uh, when you, you, people don't want us to talk, Doug. So uh, this is uh, one of the boogeymen breaking us up. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? How how the electronics just suddenly fail when unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a coincidence, though, right, brother? I mean, yes, you know. it is. Yes, it is. And. Uh, well, I, 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 I just want you to know, Doug, that uh, if you go up to Islamburg, and I was there just a, a couple, well, right before the snowfall, the big snowfall that we got here last week, and it's still very much in operation. Uh, what's happening up there, and you'd be interested in this because you're the first one to found it, uh, is it's filled now with Pakistani women. The, uh, the, 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 the people who are trained there, as you know, by, by and large, they're African Americans who are converted to Islam in prison. And they're felons, and yet they're, they, they're, they go to, they come from Greenhaven, a lot of them, Greenhaven State pr- Prison. And they end up in, at Islamburg where they're trained with weapons. And then they go to Pakistan. And from Pakistan, they go to Afghanistan, and they come back to Pakistan, and they're transported back to the United States. States, but they they come back with a couple wives, Doug, and they, the, they're all right th- right there in Islamburg. It's like a nice little uh, Pakistani community up there now. What doesn't that surprise me? It doesn't surprise you. I know that. But uh, another thing I, I wanted you to know re- regarding this is be uh, regarding Jelani and his company. Uh, uh, there is a place called Red House, Virginia. I don't know if you've been there. I've been there. Oh yeah, it's yep. uh, down by Appomattox. And uh, when we when we were there, there was a uh, an old Muslim woman sitting on a rock, and she said, "Oh, they're all gone. There's no no men here. They're all gone. They're all gone. This place is empty." We said, "Well, you know, we're seeing houses here. You know, it, it see, they, 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 we're seeing cars." She said, "No, no, there we need the women work, and there all the men left us. There's nobody here." So we were walking around the grounds. Now you get a kick out of this, Doug, because it, it was like an open field. This is a red house. Uh, it's a mountainous area, but it, big open fields, and uh, we're walking behind a house, and there's a, an outhouse there, and suddenly from the outhouse comes one Muslim, and then. The second Muslim, they were coming out of there. Uh, they, uh, dozens of them were coming out of there, coming out and coming out and coming out. It, it's just like at Islamburg. They have underground bunkers, and they they surrounded us in about 
two or three minutes. And the only way, reason I got out of there, I, I said, well, we're writing a, a, a book on, you know, religious communities in the United States, and we just came back from a Benedictine uh, monastery, and we figured we'd be remiss if we didn't start covering you people. And, it, you know, we just love Muslims, and we love Muslim communities. I, I think it's the only way we got, it, we got out of there. But uh, How did you get out of there alive? I, I mean, without... Uh, now... Um, by the way, folks, Dr. Paul Williams, The Day of Islam, it's required reading. you got to read that book. I mean, how did you get out of there unscathed? We lose Paul again. Paul? <laughs> uh, all right. All right, Eric, the tech is working right now. Um, just hang on, folks. Um, the, you know, Islamburg is at the foot of the Catskill Mountains. It's uh, and and I'm sure Sheikh Mubarak Ali Jalani, that uh, uh, syphilitic-ridden uh, man in Lahore, Pakistan, the guy who. Um, uh, Daniel Pearl, the Wall Street Journal reporter, was on his way to see when he was kidnapped and then subsequently beheaded. I'm sure Sheikh Mubarak Ali Jalani, again, that syphilitic-ridden um, uh, um, imam of the of Islamburg. Um, I, I, I just, I, I can't even. I, you know, it's amazing because it's amazing to me. And, and I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because when we had, when Dr. Williams turned over hundreds of pages of documentation uh, of the goings-on in Islamburg, the activities there, the activities in Red House, the activities all across the United States of the Muslims of the Americas, the uh, Quranic uh, Institute, the um, International Quranic, uh, oh, my goodness, uh, it's on the sign that, uh, that I took the picture of. But but you know that that's how they operate. But the, but the fact is, uh, underground storage units, their weapons. That's what. That's what we've been. That's that's what we were. We saw we saw the underground storage units at the time that we were there. We did not see any weapons. However, one of the uh, previous camp members said, "Oh yeah, that, that's where they store the the weapons," and we do know. Reasonably, that that there are bodies buried on that uh, property, and of course it's interesting because they set up camp very close to um, infrastructure, very important uh, par- uh, parts of infrastructure. For example, they're close to the reservoir that that feeds New York City their water, the power lines. All of these places are very strategic, and we're working to get Dr. Paul Williams back. This is an amazing thing. And, and thanks, Todd, and everybody else, uh, and John, trying to, to get him back. Um, apparently, they're unable to connect at the moment. Maybe we got him back right now. Paul, you there? Paul? Doug, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, okay. This has never yeah, happened I, to me, not not, not this uh, violently. Yeah, yeah, well, welcome to the Hagman Report. The Hagman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an epidemic with us sometimes. And, and seriously, it... it um, Especially on on this topic, I 
You know what, uh, Dr. Williams, we, we've had, uh, you know, we, we're, we're being shadow banned all, all across the social, social networking. Our numbers showed negative numbers for uh, video feeds, I, I, which is just impossible, of course. Um, and electronics rarely work, uh, at least oh, not with the efficiency. So, you know, again, this is America 2017 post-Obama. That's the truth. That is, but, that, but Dr. That Williams, is the truth. Look, I, I, I don't want to take your time, my brother. Uh, Islamberg, indeed. Uh, Red House, indeed. The, the Muslims of the Americas, uh, uh, Jelani's group. Uh, are they coming back? I mean, and by the way, your book, uh, The Day of Islam, requ- required reading. And any other book that you have written requ- required reading for our audience. But <sighs> take it from the top, brother. I mean... Well, uh, like I said, a, a lot of these places, uh, yeah, they're still uh, very much in operation. I was, uh, you know, I, thanks to you, I, I went through that through that chain. I went to, I told you, I went to Brooklyn, New York, where Jelani came in the beginning. He came into, he was flown in, Doug, into into Washington D.C. And I, I found this out. I went, I went to Washington. I went to the Freedom of Information Act. I, I, I dug and dug. And there it goes again. And it's a party. The way Todd describes it is that his phone is going, it sounds like his phone's just going dead. But obviously his phone's not going dead if he continues to be able to use it. We will continue to get Paul back. That's the third time in ten minutes now. See, okay, while we have, uh, look, uh, we, we've got, and, and, and let me explain something to the audience. The only reason we're not going dead is the fine efforts of Eric the Tech and a lot of money that goes into making sure that our lines out of here um, are, are not only the fastest possible for the area, but also are insulated, and we've got redundancy built in the systems. So if one is hit, a second takes over. And if that is hit, a third takes over. All right, so it's that's and so those people who support us, that's where the money goes. Dr. Williams, there you go. Here we are. Here we are. All right. So yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, w- w- welcome to America, uh, 2017. This is yeah. this this is what happens. Uh, so so you you, know, you, you I, now, okay? I just want to pick up because I don't want to lose you again. But uh, so, so you went to New York City. You were on Atlantic oh, Avenue at that at yes. that bookstore at that mosque on Atlantic Avenue. I was there. Yeah, I, I've been there. The Farouk Mosque. Yes. At the yep, Farouk yep. Mosque, Doug, this is, this is some, something that you'd be interested in. And, uh, I, only you could appreciate this. Since, since 1979, since the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, the Farouk Mosque, which is, as you know, probably number one or number two of, uh, in a listing of the most radical places in the country, if not the world, uh, the Farouk Mosque has been responsible for the uh, the assassination of Kahani, for the 1993 bombing of the World Trade Center. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. You know, what's? The, uh, let me ask you this: What is the level of FBI? And I'm being very specific with respect to the agency. F, well, I'll throw in the CIA, but government complicity. With respect to the allowing them, allowing the Muslims of the Americas, the Jelani group, all of these groups to, to exist unmolested, what's their level of complicity? 
Hmm. Oh, this is history. For those listening on Global Star, it's we're, we're taking a pregnant pause for the moment, just to just to get uh, Paul Williams back. Turn off your mic real quick. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look like I I'm gonna look like uh, I just have one quick question. Right here. here. All right. Five seconds. All right. Did well, you, anyone read her lips? No. No. Just All a right. question needed to be asked. No. But you don't. I mean. And Todd even says that he's never experienced anything like this before. Um, maybe Paul should go to a payphone and and call in that way. You know, we've we've actually had to communicate through burner phones, and uh, and, and this is this has happened before where we've communicated, especially when you talk about this particular topic. Um, and the the program is is talked about in advance. I know Dr. Paul Williams is 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 one of the foremost authorities on on this. I mean, he's been in the in the trenches, investigative wise. Um, you know what? We we just I just might. I'll tell you what. I, I and I'm being serious about this. I might send out a a, a, a service a, a, a crew and bring him up here to the studio. And why not? I, I'm serious. I mean, I know I, he's not that far away, and um, either that or. or or be a, you know, or do something local. Paul, you there? I'm I'm back again, Doug. All right, brother. Well, <laughs> yeah. this is this is a keeper, Doug. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. I'm gonna have to send you a uh, a burner phone so they can't. Now, well, let me ask you a question, Paul. What's the level of government complicity with allowing these these agencies or these uh, Muslim it's groups? Total. total. Yeah. When we were first there, Doug, looking into these places, we were duped. Are you still there? Yes, sir. We're here. Okay, good. We were duped because Jelani came over on a CIA transport. He has been sponsored by the CIA. These places have been set up by the CIA. That's what I found out in Brooklyn. But all, as a matter of fact, a lot of the operatives, his operatives, uh, that came back, like, uh, uh, Clement and Hamilton L., these, these people, they all claim they're working with the CIA. And it's the same thing with, with Gulen's people. They, they really, and I know that Gulen and I know Jelani came here, there's no doubt about it, as a CIA operative. He, he worked trying to recruit people, uh, the, the America, uh, uh, African Americans from the inner city, in, uh, the, primarily in Brooklyn, uh, as a CIA operative to send them over to fight in the, uh, the in the Soviet Afghan war. But Doug, what's interesting is when the war was over, he still was sponsored. He was he was sending people over to the Balkans. He was sending people over to fight with the Taliban. It's it, it's still going on. He, it, it's a CIA yep. operation, and and so is the Gulen compound up here in Pennsylvania. And like I said, the Farouk Mosque was receiving millions of dollars a year from the federal government. You, you're, you're a private detective, better uh-huh. par, par excellence. You could you could verify that in a second. They're receiving millions of dollars right now from U.S. taxpayers, the most radical mosque in the country. And so you, you 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 mean to tell me there's not government complicity? It's all well, government complicity. 
You know what really what really struck me is uh, when right after you we had kind of done almost concurrent operations, but uh, with with uh, we'll, we'll talk about the the uh, the Muslims of the Americas and um, in Islamburg Red House and such, and it was so interesting to see the FBI take a hands-off approach to all of this and, in fact, break bread with the people, actually yeah. have dinner or lunch with yeah. these people. And 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 then, you know, to, to have, and, and I know this for a fact, and folks, listen to this, okay, um, the FBI in um, Binghamton, New York, well, actually it's an a, a agency office out of Binghamton, but from New York City, had had, had the lunch with the... Uh, with the uh, Islamic terrorists, Islamburg, and sent the pictures basically to uh, to Dr. Paul Williams as an as an fu to Dr. Paul Williams. <laughs> they're great pictures, aren't they? Yeah, I, 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 they 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 told me they went there in honor of the Muslim uh, Boy Scout troop up there. Yeah, yeah. Which I still haven't found that. I'm not sure. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, but you've done some marvelous work with with your investigations. Um, what's what's what, where do you think right now, Doctor Williams? Uh, and, and I call I want to call you that out of respect, for, especially for people members I'm of the audience. Call you, I'm gonna, what, what should I call you then, Inspector Hagner? <laughs> if you, if you yeah. call me Paul, that's what I'm going to call okay. you. Okay. All right. Well, okay, Paul. What, what do you think is our, our, our most out of all of the landscape here in America? We have we've got so many people listening to this broadcast. We saw what happened in London today. We've seen that. We see. You know, what's the biggest threat here? Um, can you can you summarize it, or is it kind of like spread yeah, out? Here? I think you and I both know what it's going to be. And Doug, it's so easy to do. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a radiological attack. I, I I'm, I'm amazed this hasn't happened yet. All you need to do is get some cesium, American, any uh, radiological substance, and you can get it. In, you know, you can get it from hospitals. You can get it from uh, you can get it from food processing plants. I mean, it's readily available. All you need to do is get some, just like a cesium, wrap it around a firecracker. You don't even need dynamite. Set it off in New York. Set it off in New York. Do you know what happens? You get one grain of that. One grain of that touches touches your skin. That's a bone sucker. You're gonna, you're gonna end up, you, 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 your guts are gonna turn into, into liquid. You're, you're liquefied, like Yeptashenko. Uh, and, and, and once you get that on the building, cesium, you can't scrape it off. You can't wash it off. There's no way, you know what you have to do? You have to take the stone or the wood or the, the, and the bushes, anything that's there, and you have to take them to a dedicated landfill and you can't even burn it. That's how wow. bad a radiological attack would be. And it's so easy to, to, to perform. It's a miracle that hasn't happened yet. That's just not me. Anyone yeah. that, like Rand Fuller from, uh, from Harvard's Belfer Center said the same thing. It's, it's a miracle. That's going to happen. Yeah. Gonna happen. I, then we'll have martial yeah. law. Then we'll have everything that, that you, you, you know, this enemy that, that was created. And, and, and you can see all the alerts that we're having right now, especially, you know, it, that would, now with down, down there with the, the people from Muslim countries coming in, they can't have cameras or laptops. You can see, like, the increase, uh, the increased risk, the, 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 the levels going higher and higher and higher. They're, well, look, we're just getting set up for that. It's going to happen. 
That, that's obviously a very disconcerting thought. And we're, we're allowing these people into this country yes. even still, you know. Yes. It's, it's, and, the worst, and the worst kind into the country. Uh, I, I mean, we're bringing, we're bringing, we know they're radical and we're bringing them in and the CIA not only is bringing them in, they're paying them. And they're like at Islamabad, yep. you saw it. They're, yep. they, they, they're trained for the jihad, and they, they every year this is going on all Jilani's camps. They, they go from after being trained to Pakistan, and from Pakistan they go into Afghanistan. And guess what? They fight with the Taliban. They're killing our troops, and they're sponsoring them. It's going to never, here, Doug. Yeah, it, it, indeed it is, and I never understood. Why this was not curtailed before, but, but I, I, I suppose that speaks to the larger globalistic nature of of the uh, the global. That's, that's how I got sued up in Canada. You know, I, I went up there <laughs> with you, with the, the, one of the most intrepid people in the world. I met you up there. That's what I was when I met you up there. That, that's as you know, that's what I was doing. And their reactor at McMaster, it was it was all the whole place was controlled by Muslims. And I mean, anybody could have taken anything there. I walked right in there. Walk right in. I mean, there, there was no security, absolutely none. And I, I mean, as I said, it's a, it's a, it's a, a miracle that it hasn't happened on our uh, in one of our major countries, but it will. It, 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 indeed, it will. And you know, I, I find it so amazing, uh, Paul, that that you were the you were sued. And, and folks, the, remember me talking about lawfare. Remember me referencing lawfare. I wasn't specific, but Dr. Paul Williams was the recipient of, of a legal suit. It had no merit whatsoever, but he ended up just bleeding out money. Yeah, from, from Canada. For something I said in, on, on the George Norris show, yes. because of a program like this, when I'm speaking to a fellow American, the airways traveled into Canada, and I was sued in Canada under Canadian law. And you... That cost you dearly, and oh, what, yeah. I'm going to tell you, and, folks. And, you what, know, what, I, my my publisher then, and I, I, I want I'm, I'm naming names, Doug, and I'm sorry to do it to you on your on your program, but yeah, you can name I, all I, the names I, you I want. Joseph Farah, World Net Daily, he was one of my publishers. Immediately, yep. he he said, "Oh, Paul Williams, I apologize to you to you people up in McMaster University." What he said was not true. He was he didn't do any of that. Farah went down on his knees begging. I I stood firm. I said, no, no, no. I was up there. I know what happened up there. And, you know, I, I, I didn't acquiesce to them. But, yeah, but going through that, Doug, is going through a firestorm. It was not fun. I, I have a wonderful wife. by me. But, I mean, you're, you're pay, these guys are getting, you're paying $500 an hour to these lawyers. The lawyers would oh, call yeah. me up and they said, oh, Paul, how are you doing today? How's your wife? Are you holding up? And we want to send you an email. And, uh, you know, and, and how's your daughter doing on California? They talk like that. I would get billed for for their calls, and they called all the time. Just stupid calls. Then they, they would bill me for preparing an email and bill me for transmitting the email. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. The, 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 worse than the Muslims up there were the vamp, the, the vampire, the vampirish uh, lawyers that I had. And, and, you know, it, it was a horrible a experience. And, and once again, I had to, I had to have a Canadian lawyer, and I'm a Yankee, as you know. You know, I, man, I don't, I don't, I don't like the cold. I don't like Canada. 
I mean, I can go to Erie where, you know, Doug Hagman was. I can take, take that, but I can't, I, 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 you know, I don't like the cold like that. But, no, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad to live in the USA. But I, I, I once again, sued under, under English law. I've yes. taken away my, 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 all my, uh, my basic rights as an American citizen, and nobody coming forth. Nobody. You, and you know something, congressmen, your senators, and it's oh like, yeah, I, you know you 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 got to make make sure that you're safeguarding my rights. As no, nobody, there is nobody. They're going to try me in the Hague, Doug, in the Hague. How's that? Like people talk about the New World Order. Oh, it's really I can no. The New World Order is here. And I, you know, I mean, this is why I love you because because you put up a fight. <laughs> you, you, you won the Hague, the Hague, right? And, and how, how's that? I mean, it was it was just unbelievable. So uh, I know. I, yeah, but I, I went through it, and you know, it made me meaner and and tougher, and you know. I, I met a lot of good people because of it. And afterwards, you know, I I was like, I, I met. I, I think you know Rodney Howard Brown. I've been yep. I've been doing a lot with him. You know Rodney from yeah. the River yep. Institute. He knows you. Yep. He, oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. I, I know I know Mr. Uh, Mr. Brown. Yep. Uh, yes, I do. But but let's yeah. see. What gets me, Paul, is what gets me is the fact that um, that when this happens to. People like yourself or you, suddenly you've got no friends. I had some Christians. I was going around speaking, and some people, uh, uh, you know, you're going to be surprised who helped me. Michael Savage. Okay, I was on the Savage Nation. Right. Are you still there, Doug? I'm, oh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm, I, I know that there's apparently a delay, but yes, yes, yeah, we're here. Michael Savage sent me $15,000, which was to, to me at that time a fortune. Michael Savage did that. And, you know, God I'm, I'm very, very, very grateful because I'm telling you, I was, you know, I needed every dime I could get, but he was wonderful to me. Well, I mean, they, they see, the, the intent here, even though you won, you lost because they essentially bankrupted uh, you or, you know, pushed you to bankrupt you. Yeah, yeah, you no, no one wins. At, at yeah. the end of the day, yeah, you can. But, you know, even when the whole thing's over, you know, it's no longer news. So what happens to you doesn't matter, and the fact that you were sued make you know gives you a black eye with publishers. Thank heaven, I've still been able to be published by my same publishers who have stood by me. But that's only because the sales have been good. Uh, you know, it's not because they're such brave people. You know, if well, I, I, my book started to lose money, I would, I, you know, they'd drop me in a second too. Well, and, and, I'll, and what I'll do is I'm going to hold uh, hold this. This is one of my favorite books about Islam. Uh, folks, if you have a chance, even if you don't have a chance, I highly recommend this book, The Day of Islam, uh, by Paul, Dr. Paul Williams. I recommend all of his books, but look, if you're, if you want to know the inside story, the inside track, um, uh, about, about Islam, grab, grab yourself this copy. Order it. Make this book go through the roof. I don't care. You know, just, <laughs> Just make and, and and you know what because we need to support it. But you've got a lot of other books too, Paul. Um, I Gladio, I, that, that Gladio book, Doug. I got to send you that one. I don't yeah, know you, yeah. That, that, talk, I mean that that book really it, it's it's really traces. It began with you because I, I would have never have realized the, the the deep state, or I would never have realized the shadow government if I had not followed you like through. 
uh, once again to Islamburg and uh, what was that, that, that? And I went up to that mosque. You know, the Best Street in Buffalo. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, like I was that. there too because you wrote a you wrote a wonderful article about that. And I was coming back from Canada, and I I stopped and I was I was right that that place the walls around there and the, the exercises they were doing. I mean that there's another place you could you could you, you could write a book about. Oh yeah, and and I got to tell you, Paul, um, the what people don't understand is the houses around that uh, Best Street. 485 Best Street, Buffalo, New York, for those purists out there who want to know the address. That's the uh, building that we're talking about, and uh, that's the Islamic uh, school up there. And uh, what's happening is the Islamic Center of North America, ISNA, and and their offshoots are purchasing all of the houses around that. that, uh, So, so, you know, uh, just kind of an FYI. That, That would make sense. Yeah. What was well, going on there is, I mean, any, but any local law enforcement agent should have been, you know, at least sniffing around that place. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, Paul, I gotta tell you, it's funny. Tom Bowerly from, uh, AM. Yeah, I know Tom. WBN. Yeah. Well, yeah. him and I, we were invited, uh, to, to go on a tour of that place after we had discussed, uh, discussed it. And I had shown pictures on the local TV station. Yeah, and, those uh, pictures were, were uh, a riot, yeah. Yeah, except we were disinvited because we said, we'll, "Yeah, we'll thank, we'll, we'll accept your tour, but but we're not going to be guided. So we want to go where we want to go." And they said, "No, that ain't going to happen." <laughs> we're gonna, so, um, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, um, but Paul, let's talk about Operation Gladio, your book. Uh, let's talk about that because I, I, that's a great book as well. Um, well, Gladio is it's still going on, you know. I mean, you, right. people will wonder what is our, uh, why are we so concerned about Syria, for instance, or why why are we so concerned what's going on in, in, in Turkey? It's all part of Operation Gladio. That never really really stopped. It's a, an operation that began at the began at the end of World War Two, and it still goes is going on and on and on. And okay, like for instance, in Syria right now. It's really all, it all comes down, as you know, to the money. Uh, at the basin of the Caspian Sea is, are some of the greatest natural resources in the world. Uh, oil, natural gas, uranium, gold, you name it. But uh, whoever gains complete control of that Caspian Sea area will control, uh, like, uh, incredible wealth. Uh, the Russians are there, of course, because Russia borders the Caspian Sea. The Chinese are there. And, of course, we're there trying to create a pipeline going from Iran at the basin of the Caspian Sea through northern Iraq into Syria. So, you know, that that's all part of... That's all part of Operation Gladio, and it really explains a lot of what's going on right now in the world, because that situation in Syria and those resources, I mean, we're not going to sit by and let uh, the Chinese uh, get the resources or the Russians. And it's all going to be, uh, in, in the bottom line, uh, something, uh, a struggle uh, over money, and it's going to end up in a lot of bloodshed. And... uh once again, it, 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 this is an operation. It, uh, it started at the end of World War II, uh, World War Two. It's fueled. It's funded solely Operation Gladio by heroin. It's a CIA operation. 
The CIA and, and uh, Sybil uh, Edmonds and other people, and I verify this, a heroin comes into the Andrews Air Force Base on U.S. military planes. Comes, uh, comes, uh, for, it goes from Turkey to Brussels on NATO planes. Comes into our country, and then it's uh, from there. This is a CIA operation. Heroin. It's it's distributed throughout the country, and right. uh, this has been fueling our and, and funding our black operations from the get go. The, uh, the our, our black ops are, are not do not receive any funds from Congress. Uh, they have to come up with their own cash, and the, the way they, be, they came up with the cash is through the heroin industry. Isn't that isn't that something? Of course, our war on drugs. When it well, you, you have to understand that. Even when my nephews were over in Afghanistan, you know, you, the one thing you could do, you, you 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 could not go through the poppy fields, and you couldn't destroy the poppy fields. And I mean, we write that, and, and you hear all the politicians right now saying, "Oh, our, the opiate problem! How terrible it is!" Well, the, they created the opiate problem. They did. And it, yep. It, 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 they're bringing it in. Yep. Your listeners should try to find out. Just, just have them try to find out how our black operations, which are expanding throughout the world, every corner of the world, how are they funded? How do you do that? How do you how do you pay for these operatives when 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 they're not budgeted? <laughs> well, you just just take a uh, folks take a wander through the 381 pages of uh, old Dr. Paul Williams' book Operation Gladio, and you you'll find that out. It is funded through the uh, illicit drug trade. That's uh, uh, I mean, and it was incredible because in the beginning, you know what, what the CIA ended up doing with that drug money, and they were working, of course, with the uh, with with the, with the mafia families, especially in New York, because they, they had to get distributors to. And lucky Luciano at the end of World War Two, and he was in charge of this whole thing. Walter Winchell wrote an article saying that he should receive the Medal of Honor, and he was setting up. I mean, he was setting up the drug trade for for the CIA. And huh. it, 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 it has never, never, Doug, stopped. What can we do about and, and, it? And I, I think that, and another thing is right now, the drugs aren't just coming from Afghanistan, they're coming from Mexico. Mexico is the number one exporter of heroin to the United States in 2017. Two years, two years ago was Afghanistan. But now we are cultivating the poppy fields. The cartels, the, uh, the drug cartels, look this up. They're trained on our, on our military bases. Oh yeah. Isn't that isn't that something? But, but yet that never makes the news. Never that makes never. The news. No. Uh-uh. No. So, Think about uh, that, it, folks. It, it, it is a situation that I, I hope most Americans, or more and more Americans, would become aware of. That uh, you know that, that, that how we are really being controlled, and how deep the deep state is, and how nefarious it is. Indeed. Paul, we only have about two minutes left, which I can't believe how, how quickly this has gone. Of course, it goes quicker when, you're, when your electronics are messed with. But let me ask you a question. How can people help you? Where can people find you on the, on the Internet? And how can I people best help thing. you? They, they can't find me. Uh, they can find me through my publisher, or they can write to the, the Hagman. I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, 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 I am weary of being, you know, <laughs> I, have been, well, yeah. I have gone through it. I, I, you know, I, if if people are really interested and they want to support me, have the support 
the the uh, Hagman and Hagman because that, that that by supporting you, they're supporting me. All right, thank you. All right, now and also, of course, your books from Operation Gladio to Crescent Moon Rising to the Day of Islam um, to uh, well, I, I the song. The, uh, remarks by very good writers on the back on the back jacket. I think one is uh, by a guy by the name of Hagman. A, yeah, a couple I, th- of I think on the back of my books. Yes, yes, uh, indeed. You're a talented author. You're you're a tenacious investigator. You're an all-around great guy, Paul. I'm going to call you off off air if you don't mind. Not well, I don't uh, mind one bit, but this is you know I'm sorry what happened with it with the telephone, but we've been uh, yeah uh, we've it, been it, subjected it, to some type of attack tonight. Absolutely. My brother, my brother, thanks for thanks for being who you are, what you do, your great work. Um, hey, I'll, I'll you, call Doug. you. You're really uh, kind. Uh, yeah, that's okay. what my wife says too. All right, God bless you. Bro. Catch you later, buddy. All right, see you later, folks. We're going to be right back with Greg Hunter. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right? You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a thing, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Perhaps you're a business out there, a small business. Would you like to extend the reach of your business? I bet you would. Would you like to to have the same opportunities as companies such as Omaha Steaks and Pro Flowers and Casper Mattress and some of the bigger companies out there? Would you like to have that same power? Advertise on our program. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or send an email to opportunities at HagmanandHagman.com. If you go to HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com, there's a link where you can, you can, you can, it's a big red box. You'll see it. You'll see it. Click on that link. And go ahead and read the benefits that we have created for you. I think it's I think it's a fabulous opportunity. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash... 
trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. Are you in for a treat? You you all know he needs no introduction. Greg Hunter, USA USA Watchdog dot com. That's USA Watchdog dot com. Unless you've been living under a rock the last uh, couple of years, you know exactly who he is. He's a good friend of the program. He is somebody I listen to. He's somebody I we watch collectively and individually, and he's somebody we believe in. He speaks the truth, unvarnished truth. And he's here to deliver. He's agreed to spend a half hour with us this, or an hour? Oh, I love it. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So he, his gracious gift of time is very much welcomed. We're going to turn it right over to Greg Hunter, USAWatchdog.com. Greg, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Uh, big bomb is dropping. It wasn't for the uh, terror in uh, the UK and the uh, from the religion of the so-called peace, religion of submission. Uh, this would even be a bigger story. This is a huge bomb with uh, Nunez coming out and uh, saying that uh, the Trump administration was an incidental collection. I started my weekly news wrap-up on Friday and with the phrase, "Somebody's lying about the spy." And, uh, you know, I don't care what you guys said in my, my report. I don't care what you might analysis of it. I don't care what you call it. I don't care if you want to call it wiretapping. Trump put it in quote, wiretapping. And he explained that it was an old, old time term and just in general spying. Uh, I don't care if you call it incident collection. I don't care if you call it hacking. I don't care if you, I, I don't care what it is. I don't care what you call it. This is something that is undermining the president. And now with this Nunez revelation, and and he's not saying how he's got this. I wonder if it came from uh, information uh, from uh, the Justice Department, uh, you know, and uh, and sessions. He said not an official. People came forward with this. So I don't know if the people had the the dope, the goods. This This is a shocking... Shocking thing, after every media came out and uh, USA Today weekend, Trump wiretap claim, quote, wiretap, end quote, claim debunked. Uh, Comey, no Obama wiretap. I mean, I don't know where to start with this. I yeah, mean, exactly. I don't know where to start with this. Let's start last I, I, I week mean, with I, um, Richard Burr you, and you said uh, it, Republican man. Mark Warner. Here's what they said last week, 316. This is a quote. This is their joint statement. Based on the information available to us, we see no indications that Trump Tower was the subject of surveillance by any element of the U.S. government, either before or after Election Day. Well, they're either lying or they're stupid. 
Now you take your pick. <laughs> or both. That's two ranking well. senators from the Democrat and Republican side. There's that Trump Tower was, uh, no indication that Trump Tower was the subject of surveillance. They even say wiretap surveillance. Right. This is uh, un- in parallel. In Fox, I'm watching the coverage with, uh, you know, the, the former DJ John Roberts. And he is uh, saying, well, I don't know if this is a bone they're throwing to Trump. This is a shocking, unbelievable revelation that an incoming president before inauguration, and, they're, and they want to make it, it's incidentally, it's incidental. It's right. just incidental. Yeah, like we just collected all this information on everybody, including the president of the United States, according to Nunez. It's not it's incidental when everybody yeah. of your transition team is being recorded and the recordings are being leaked to the Washington Post and the New York Times. Exactly. You said it, brother. And you said it last week. Somebody is lying, and and you were proven correct here today. Let's get into a little bit about about the, the, the journalism here. I would like to get into that. So people understand the journalism, Okay. People have been given the idea, and falsely so, because I used to do investigative reporting, and I did it at a, at a high level at ABC News and CNN. I mean, I know how that works. And let me tell you, when you're putting out information that can get you sued or embarrassed, and not just it's not just a, a threshold of somebody can sue you like Trump, boy, he may sue you, well, he's a public figure, but boy, he sure can embarrass the daylights out of you. And as a investigative reporter with me, I didn't just pop out one day and walk by the control room and tell my boss at uh, CNN or at uh, at ABC, "Hey, you're gonna love what I got on." A surprise! <laughs> that never happened. Okay. <laughs> and then when you have this with uh, the, the New York Times, let me let me I just go back to this right here. The reporters were showing off. They want you to believe them. They want you to think, we got it cold, busted, we got it, we killed it dead. Okay? You don't put a headline on the front page of the New York Times or the A block in the uh, CBS Evening News or the uh, the a above the fold of the Washington Post that says, and I, this is the New York Times, wiretap data used in inquiry of Trump aides. You know that that story... On the day of the inauguration, they've had it for more than just today. Everybody in the organization, including all of the lawyers, outside counsel, inside counsel, standards, the owners of the Washington, uh, the New York Times, everybody is looking over this material and trying to authenticate it. Everybody. You don't publish that story unless you are for sure, 100%. And let me tell you where your sources are not protected. Your boss at a, at a journalism outfit. Okay. You don't tell your boss, it's okay, just trust me. You don't tell your lawyers, it's okay, just trust me. No, I got this. It's okay. We're going to trash the president on a, on inauguration day. I got this. Well, tell me your source. I can't do that. <laughs> 
You don't tell that okay. to your boss. You don't say that to your counsel that your lawyer says, hey, look, who's your source? Oh, I got it. I can't tell you. You may not say that in the court of law if somebody's trying to, to pry that out of you, but you sure as hell don't say it to your bosses. And the point is this. They knew damn sure. They know the sources. They know where it came from. This wasn't a mistake. This wasn't a misspelling. This wasn't a misprint. Many people threw holy water on wiretap data used in the inquiry of Trump aides. That story was approved up and down the chain of command by everybody uh, that you can imagine, it, legal standards, everybody, the owner, everybody was in on that, just like the Washington Post. So you know he was surveilled, and now it comes out on the other side, and I don't know why that this wasn't uh, a bigger deal uh, today. It should have been the lead story, but the terror kind of knocked it out. Then Now you have Nunez going, uh, incidental, uh, it's incidental, uh, uh, collection and Trump's own uh, personal communications were intercepted. So he was talking to the Russians too. Oh, it didn't have anything to do with the Russians. Yeah, I couldn't believe. And now when you I heard have that. the Democrats beating this. Oh, we have a Russian an ongoing investigation. Thank you, James Comey. Incidentally, only seventeen percent of the people hold him in a favorable uh, view, according to a Harris uh, Harvard brand new poll. Only seventeen percent hold him in favorable view. But I digress. And so he couldn't man up and come out and say that what after since what July this has been going on and, it, and the what started the investigation was uh, you know a Trump dancing around on a hotel room bed somewhere peeing on it, which everybody in uh, Washington and New York knew this was going on and nobody would touch it because nobody believed it, and this is what started this big investigation that is still going on according to Comey. Hmm. And the headline from Comey on USA Today, Comey, colon, no Trump wiretap. Really, you're not very forthcoming there, Mr. Comey. That doesn't really even make sense, does it? I mean, you got an ongoing investigation. You're not surveilling anybody? Really? Yeah, how does that work? Seriously. How does that work? Then they want us to believe that they got a FISA warrant. They asked for a FISA warrant. We're at 36,000 requests for FISA warrants. They turned down 12. That's the reporting on that. One of the right. turndowns is Trump. And so they just, so after that, they decided to, uh, oh, oh, yeah, oh, we weren't surveilling. Uh, no, no worries. It's okay. This is a uh, huge. Greg, Greg, I've got to ask you this. Okay. Brother, i got to ask you this. Okay, um, the, the wiretap um, uh, information. The spy, that let's is call it the spy. Forget the wiretap. Okay, 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 we'll do that. Okay, that information. That's, that's is an that? antiquated term that requires a warrant. Yeah. And, and it is spy. They don't require a warrant. It is, they they collect on everybody. And incidentally, the and president, that, the, the NSA works for the president. Okay, so uh, so the, was this uh, the 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 fruit of this surveillance spying? Spying was it from a FISA warrant, a Title Three warrant, or no warrant? It could have been uh, all of the above. Okay, all right. It could have been all the above. And here's the, but the bugaboo is this. You got confidential uh, national security information. Somebody, and there's a small universe of people, of course, that what, what, Donald, what uh, uh, President Obama did before he left was make all the sharing of data, you know, across all the lines of, of, uh, of uh, the, uh, the uh, intelligent agency, all open up. But still, still, they unmasked these people's names, including Flynn. 
uh, he they recorded phone calls. Uh, you know, they they had trans, they had uh, the, the calls transcripts. Obviously, they were surveilled. Their reports show they were surveilled. You know, people at Washington Post and the New York Times knew who the sources were. The, the heads up, even though they can't be compelled to testify uh, in court. Although this is not the Pentagon Papers. This is this is this is not the Pentagon Papers. I'll get into that in a minute. So it doesn't matter where it came from. This is a huge revelation. This has never happened before I know of in American history. This is the first. That the Indeed. incoming yeah. administration is being surveilled by intelligence sources of the outgoing administration before he's inaugurated. And how the, um, the, uh, the, the, the folks in the Senate... Uh, you know, Warner and uh, the Burr, Democrat and Republican, they can come out and make a joint statement based on the information available to us. We see no indications that Trump power was sub- the subject of surveillance by any element of the U.S. government, either before or after election day. That is at the very least 100% inaccurate. And I think it's a lie because it's way too stupid for these two senators on intel committees in the Senate not to know what the hell is going on. Amen to that. How could they not know? That is that to me, uh, Jim Sinclair of JS Mindset, uh, Mr. Gold, you know, yep. has an old saying, and it's too stupid to be stupid. That's what I think. Man, okay. And now the Democrats are, well, Nunez should have come to us first. And, well, he went to the intelligence agencies, and then he you know, went to the Justice Department, and then he went to the White House. And, you know, the president has a right to know that he's being spied on before the, the, the Democrats trying to crash him have a right to know. And then you have humor with this Comey. Oh, we're still under investigation. There's a cloud of an FBI investigation. Oh, my, oh my gosh. you got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. I mean, what's going on is an undermining of an incoming president by people on both sides of the aisle, the, the criminal crony class, I like to call them, the dark deep state, whatever you'd like to call them, uh, you know, the swamp things, uh, you know, these under full and total attack. Because they don't want to give up their, their, their swamp bait. Greg, whose team is Comey playing for? Um we saw him I, this week. Whose who's team is he being forced to play for is the better question. Uh, that's <laughs> Thank you. That's, uh, that's what I think. How can he be that stupid? I mean, I look at this and go, you know, I just, listen, I just got a general studies degree. I went to a state school, University of Missouri. I'm not that smart. But boy, when, I, when something strikes me as this stupid, my gosh, what's going on? What is exactly. going on? Yeah, I mean, we yeah. had a real story of Hillary Clinton at the State Department using multiple servers, to, and I brought this up the last time, and I want to bring it up again. Multiple servers to hide the fact she's taking treasonous bribes. You look no further than the Uranium One deal where nine people gave donations, quote-unquote, to the Clinton Global Initiative, and Shazam, the United States loses one-fifth of its uranium production, wait for it, to the Russians. But that's not a problem. And incidentally, this global charity fraud, according to Charles Urtel, according to former assistant FBI director James Kalfstrom, who says that it was, uh, you know, a, a criminal uh, a criminal enterprise. A criminal conspiracy is what he called it. That's what he said. Uh, Charles Urtel, who's done a lot of work on this, who I had a guest on my show, calls this a, uh, you know, uh, Robin Hood in reverse. There's a fraud. And they're shutting yeah, this down. 
Or, or tell and uh, folks tune into Greg Hunter's interview with uh, Charles Ortel. Oh my gosh, huh. great job on that, by the way. I'll give you the, the cliff notes on that. You know, Hagman and Hagman and Hunter can't say, "Hey, Hagman and Hagman, the Triple H charity," and we collect billions of dollars. You know, for AIDS and and uh, to help people in uh, you know for earthquake zones uh, in Haiti and to uh, and to have, just do good around the world. And and you know, Hagman and Hagman are running for president and vice president, and I'm going to be the Secretary of State. And we say we're going to keep this charity afloat. And then election days comes, and we get we get toasted, blasted, we lose, and then we say. Well, we're going to shut our multi-billion-dollar global charity fraud down. Can we just say, "Hey, thanks, y'all, for the money"? Can you do that? There are all kinds of laws about this. Why is nobody looking into this? And this was a charity involved in and accepting quote-unquote donations. I say treasonous bribes, and a, a fifth of our uranium production ends up in Russian hands. That's unbelievable. But that's but but. But and Comey uh, is he investigating that? I don't know, but he has to blat out in front of Congress. Well, we still have an investigation. Where are you? I can't tell you about that. Really, you've been doing this since when? You've been doing this since July, June? What? Uh, what? So what do you got? Well, that'd be a big nothing. I think what he got was uh, he's got a phone call recorded with Mike Flynn, and uh, you know he got uh, Monica Crowley to step down, and he got some uh, embarrassing comments uh, with him on uh, with national le- with uh, foreign leaders. Uh, you know what? It's unbelievable. It's, un- it's unbelievable. And then all the newspapers, all the bi- oh, there's. There's no oh Trump wiretap claim debunked. You know Warner and Burr. There's no oh there's, there's no surveillance of any from any U.S. entity. Really, that's a lie. They're killing themselves. The media killing themselves. And now they want to spin this into. Uh, I can't believe Nunez went and told the press he's more loyal to the president. Well, the president's the one in his administration was the ones, you know, having the data collected on him. Doesn't he get a right to know that? Yeah, I think I think Adam Schiff. I don't know if you saw him today. I, I thought he protests too much. And for, if I'm trying to verify this, well, I believe on the committee. This case is, you know, at some point Comey's going to come out and he's going to likely be forced to come out and say we didn't find anything because and and if he would have found something, why was James Clapper on with Meet the Press and that other a partisan weasel, whatever his name, about Meet the Press? That's what they like about him. They like because they know he's going to say, uh, why was he on Meet the Press saying we don't have any evidence? of that at all. None. We don't have any of that in our reports. We don't have any evidence of that at all. He was, you know, the director of national, the DNI director, director of national intelligence. And he should, you know, FBI, NSA, CIA, he knows all those guys. Would he know that? And then they keep, they keep talking about this FISA warrant. What the heck with the FISA warrant? I mean, the, the NSA works for the president. It's a military operation. Uh, the president can ask the NSA for any recordings or anybody, any time. And the, you know, Judge Napolitano, who blurted out that the uh, British, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, GCHQ, the, uh, the the government communications headquarters, you know, they're British intelligence. You know, they're the ones that were allowed to look into the file because they have access 24-7, look at the NSA files. And wouldn't that make, uh, you wouldn't that make uh, uh, the, uh, the footprints of, um, the fingerprints of the Obama administration invisible, except for the unmasking. Somebody had to make a designation to unmask. I'm sure that foreign intelligence, British, can't get whatever they want and blurt it out all over the air. I'm sure they can't blurt that out to anybody they want. That is a felony. 
and Boy Comey and the and the, uh, the the hearings. You heard about that? You, I, I don't know if you watched it, but he, oh boy, yeah. you know, uh, here's yeah. Trey Gowdy saying that's a, isn't that illegal to give it to a report? Maybe okay for a reporter to to publish it, but it's illegal. It's it's a felony. Luke, is he working on that? I don't. I didn't hear him. De- I can't really tell you that. Oh right, yeah, like you were asked about Hillary Clinton, and you're working on that. You oh I can't I can't really talk about that because you're not. Well, well Greg, Greg, Greg the suspect the the, the the suspect pool for crying out loud is not that big. Not right? for the unmasking. Right, right for 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 the crime. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And boy, uh, that you know, evil is going to start hating on evil, and somebody's going to look to throw somebody under the bus somewhere, and somebody's going to say, uh-uh, mm-hmm, "I'm not spending the next ten years in for a uh, you know a foreign intelligence you know act for an espionage act violation." Uh-uh, mm-hmm, no, I'm not spending ten years in prison. Uh-uh. I'm not going to cop a felony on this. I can't vote. I can't own a firearm. I can't. Uh, I'm going to spend years. Uh, my my career is over. I'm done. I'm toast. Try getting a job as a former uh, government employee as a felon. You bet. You better start taking a painting or woodworking. Exactly. Or you know, and, and even, weaving. Yeah. And, and one and one yeah. other thing I wanted to, to bring up. Sure. You know there there is a the, the, everybody's going to want to compare this to the Pentagon Papers. <laughs> Pentagon Papers, of course, were you know uh, you know unmasks the 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 Vietnam War and the awful uh, insider information about the Vietnam War. Uh, tens of thousands, we got sixty thousand dead American Americans on a wall in Washington, uh, moving place. Incidentally, uh, you know we have uh, this was not a personal vendetta to 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 embarrass somebody. Incidentally, Nunez, and I'm going to go back here just for a minute. He didn't see any intelligence value of any of the information that that was leaked or any. The, or any of the surveillance, he didn't see the intelligence information. But sure is embarrassing. But back to the uh, Pentagon Papers. This was in some personal embarrassment. I mean, maybe Nixon uh, didn't like it. But this wasn't a personal. And, and the Vietnam War got started before Nixon. You know, it was a Johnson thing, and he he didn't uh, run again. Nixon said he ran on the thing. He's going to stop the Vietnam War and whatever. So it really wasn't an embarrassment to Nixon. He didn't start the war. Now you fast forward to today. Are you talking about a, a war where tens of thousands of people were were killed, and uh, lots of treasure, lots of money spent uh, in a war that uh, people were uh, you know protesting all over the country? We had a draft, we had a lottery, uh, you know, we had all that total upheaval in the country, and uh, and this ain't that. This is an embarrassment to an incoming uh, president, an incoming administration that the New World Order doesn't like. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the deep state, the New World Order. And might I point you to um, Rockefeller, David Rockefeller, who just died at 101 years old. That's when I saw that. I went, yay. Same <laughs> uh, same, uh, same uh, reaction I had when Michael uh, Jackson died. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree, by the way. I don't know, what, six hearts later? But oh, Go ahead. But here is uh, David Rockefeller's uh, comment, because a lot of us are always, oh, you know, oh, you, you're just conspiracy theory. Oh, deep state. Uh, you know, there's not a group of people planning our demise and, you know, want the population of the world to be 500,000. Even though I wrote it in stone down in Atlanta, you 
know, 500 million people and from 6 to 7 billion. So here's what Rockefeller said in his memoirs. And let me read you the quote. Some even believe we, Rockefeller family, are part of a secret cabal working against the best interest of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty, and I'm proud of it. If there's one thing Donald Trump is not building a 30-foot wall, is he's not a globalist. And that's the dark powers that are against him. And the longer he can stay in, the stronger he will get. Do I sense, Greg, that that everyone, well, at least the opponents of President Trump, have they doubled down at this point? I, I sense that... That, that they got nothing. And now they want okay. to not. Now they're back to the special prosecutor, you know, with the, the Comey right. thing. And we shouldn't approve any uh, Supreme Court judge. They're going to get him through, Gorsuch. And right. this last time, politically speaking, you know, the Democrats, uh, not very many were up for, uh, you know, re-election. It was the Republicans. You know, it happens every three, every six years, 30, 33% of the Senate is up for, for grabs. And, uh, well, 2018, the Democrats got a whole lot of people, I mean, 20-something seats, I think, in the Senate, and they're going to have to think long and hard about Duncan Gorsuch. If in Missouri, uh, what's her name, McCaskill, she's going to have a hard time. Because she she doesn't want to be painted as uh, you know a new world order, uh, you know working against a little guy uh, type person. And uh, there's plenty of other people that uh, were in states that Trump won, and they have to try to run for re- re-election. And I ooh, I hope they get the health care thing right. I mean, I hope they do. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I I'm I don't I. Yeah, what's your gut? What's your gut telling you on that? Because man, that's. I hope they don't. I, if it's Paul, if it's up to Paul Ryan, we're going to get screwed. That's, I'm sorry. I mean, that's. I mean, we got all the regulations. We, we he uh, he cut out the, uh, you know, what was in there in the in the first bill uh, or the you know the rendition that more people would have voted for was you got to prove citizenship. Oh no no we can't do that. Open yeah. borders, Ryan. No, we can't. You know, you can't prove citizenship. Or there, well, we are. Well, you're going to use it on 10, 12, 11, 13, 15 million people. We're going to share the world. Uh, you're going to cut off the free stuff if you want these people to quit coming up here. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I hope Trump's not stupid enough to uh, to sign that because if, if premiums don't budge and don't go down, and we're still insuring illegal aliens, even though they're going to be some of them deported, it's kind of yeah. a drop in the bucket when you're talking about a, you know, even five hundred thousand against the backdrop of what is it, eleven, twelve, thirteen million, you know, illegal aliens. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's yeah, that going to do books. for people? That, I yeah. mean, my unbelievable. Well, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm very concerned that 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 this is going to go through, and if if it does, it's it spells disaster. I mean, this is Obamacare 2.0 of of, of Obamacare light, of course, but I, I don't know. Um, well, wow. I mean, Trump's got a lot of, of problems. I mean, uh, he, I'm afraid he's going to be successful. Uh, what I'm afraid of is the bond market shooting up, interest rates going up. There's no damn way that they're going to go down from here. I mean, they've been manipulating everything. I mean, that's. Gold, silver, you know, forex. Uh, you know, they've pled guilty to everything under the sun of manipulating LIBOR, uh, uh, stock futures. Um, you know, I mean, what did uh, 
uh, Richard Fisher, head of the Dallas Fed, say uh, at the beginning of 2016, we injected the system, we front-loaded the system for a wealth effect, and we, quote, injected the system with cocaine and heroin? Yeah. Uh, how, does that, how does that end when, you, when you're doing cocaine and heroin? Not well, sir. Well? Yeah. So he's, you know, he's got a lot of problems. I mean, is he got to try to continue the cocaine and heroin? Is he? I think what he's doing with the illegal immigration is, is cost cutting. I think a lot of federal employees are going to lose their jobs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, that's. I think that's that's what a CEO does. And he comes in and says, "Oh my gosh, we're all bloated. What's the first thing I can do to get really good results fast?" Oh, lay people off. That's what happened in oh eight, oh nine. What happened to the unemployment rate? Skyrocketed. You know, business got into trouble, and they started laying people off. They started firing people. I noticed how they're bringing out people now about the budget. Uh, you know, they're bringing out the uh, Meals on Wheels. Oh my goodness, I didn't think they cut our 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 programs, among others. But but you that's know, it's a just state seems... deal. That's really not a federal deal. That's a that's not a right. That's more of a but, state but see, deal. But 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 it's not being presented that way to the public. It, and, and the public oh, of course are saying media is a bunch yeah. of lying rat dog. You know, weasels that are uh, basically are into uh, complete and total propaganda. You want me to read you the prop- the uh, definition of propaganda? Sure. Information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, think that uh, describes our, our mainstream media? Uh-huh. Used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. That's propaganda. And back to Rockefeller, one of the other quotes, i just read you part of it. We're grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. We've been lied to by these weasels. And they were clever about lying. And when Trump got in, you know, they believed their own lies. The polls were all wrong. They were wrong on purpose. And now they're freaking out, and they don't care whether their enterprise makes money or not. They don't care. Do you think Jeff Bezos cares if the Washington Post makes money? Uh, Do you think he cares? I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. I don't. I don't no. think uh, Time Warner. Of course, they're trying to sell, trying to merge with AT and T or have AT and T buy them out. I don't think they care. I don't think Comcast cares if MSNBC. That's been a dog of an operation making diddly squat for I don't know how long. But I don't yeah, think they care. But CBS. They, point, sir. They're not making no. much money. No. No. ABC, they're all happy about, uh, you know, a father and daughter, a daughter and and a uh, mother and daughter. I don't know what it is, a transaction, transgender thing, that they're all happy. And we should all, we should all think this is normal normal stuff, which is crazy time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they've had a lot of counseling. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Woo. This is, uh, this is, this is normal. Really? That's the bull on that one. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. I mean, this entire thing is ridiculous. If you don't mind, I, I, I can't get this. I mean, the news of the day, really, aside from the London terror attack, obviously, what a, what a surprise that is. Okay, but put that aside for a moment. Man, I, I just can't shake this um, surveillance that, that, that you're, that, that, because you you were on top of this from day one. I mean, you, you, you had this covered seven ways to Sunday. Um, uh, Nunes coming out with a statement. I mean, Donald Trump has been vindicated, as far as I'm concerned. I'm pretty sure he has. And, you know, I was telling John, your producer or Booker in the pre-interview, right. this story, this is what what happens with a good investigation. When you break something big, it's generally not a one and done. This is going to hatch babies. There are going to be people running for cover. 
You know, every time I see Clapper on the air, the last time I saw him on at, uh, at, uh, and Morrell also, uh, you know, there's nothing here, and Clapper, oh, well, you know, there's nothing here. They took their shot. They took a wild ass guess of, hey, maybe we can catch him doing something crazy, and then we can impeach him, and we gotta do this early and often and now. We gotta do this right now. That's what they were trying. I, that's what I think they were trying. Because what I just tell you, I said the longer he stays in, the more powerful he gets. Yep. And that is scaring the hell out of them. And uh, there's a source that I have, and I can't tell you who, and I can't tell you about it, what it is, and I can't even tell you close, but there's going to be a big strike back. And you're not seeing Trump talking about that. I, he did say in his interview with, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, um, on Fox uh, News, uh, not Brett Baer, uh, oh, the guy took over for Megyn Kelly. Um. Uh, what is uh, I'll, I'll think of it he did say well we're going to have something come out you know soon we're going to have something come out next week well what came out this week that was last week what came out this week with the stuff with uh, you know the uh, incidental collection and he right. even explained he said well you know I say wiretap hey, that's an old time term uh, you know surveillance right what happened and they, they want to call it incidental it's just incidental. Oh, we we just pick up this stuff on everybody, including the incoming president of the United States and his calls and everybody else. That's incidental. That sounds pretty uh, directed to me. Oh, we're doing we're doing investigations on all the all the Russian stuff. Really? And I'll tell you another thing. I think this is listen. The Russians aren't our buddies. And, uh, you know, they're not our friends, and I, I'm not a, and I'm not a guy that, oh, I, oh, hail Putin. I mean, oh, great. USA tell this to people all the time. Listen, USA watchdog could never exist. A, a Russia watchdog. You know, where I talked crap about Putin and some of the crap he did in his cronies. That could never exist inside the borders of Russia. That's right. Never. Could not happen. I, I don't think you, I don't, you've been very to. fair. I mean, you've been very, you've been very factual with with your reporting on this. I don't think anyone. If I can thought accuse... Trump was uh, conspiring with the Russians, if I thought there was a shred of evidence, oh my gosh, I'd be demanding he'd be, you know, uh, removed from office. I mean, you know, treason is a terrible thing, but that is not listen. That is not the case. And if you just look at Comey and make just some broad, reasonable, what would a reasonable? That's what they say in court all the time. What would a reasonable person say? You got an eight month investigation that started with a bogus report from the MI6 former agent about him peeing on beds and about uh, uh, you know yeah. Michael Cohen, which is the wrong Michael. Cohen. Going, uh, you know, working with the Russians in I don't know, Romania or somewhere, and all of it's false, 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 false. All the news organizations know it's all false. Nobody touches it except for BuzzFeed, and they uh, publish it with, uh, we can't tell if any of this is true, because it's not. And uh, and this is what starts your investigation. You've been doing this for how long? For eight months? And what do you and do? You still say you've got an investigation, and you're not investigating Hillary Clinton and the charity fraud that's closing down now. I mean, that's, charity fraud is an easy one. This isn't like pay to play. This is like you had a charity, you collected yep. billions of dollars. Where's the money? You're shutting it down. Where's the money? You can't do that. You can't just shut a charity down and can keep the money and say thanks, suckers, and leave. You can't do that. That's a global fraud, at the very least. Well, it's my understanding that they've been on this thing with Trump for eight months, and a reasonable exactly. person would say, "Well, what gives? What, what do you got?" A lot of leaked information. And, you know, there's a thing, uh, and Trey Gatti brought this up. You know, when you're in court, and Comey's a, a, a lawyer, 
and he's under oath. And when you're in court and people ask you something, you can't just give the technical correct answer. You have to give all the whole truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, the whole truth. And Comey, there's no uh, Obama wiretap. Well, then, you know, you want to parse words with a wiretap and a Pfizer warrant, and yet you have incidental collection of everybody in the transition team, including the incoming president-elect himself? Yeah. He was not yeah. forthcoming. Oh. Richard Burr and uh, uh, Mark Warner uh, put out a statement that is a that at the very least makes them look buffoonish. They look stupid. What was that statement? I didn't see that. Uh, that was a statement of uh, Burr and Warner, based on the intelligence available to us. This is a quote: "Quote based on the information available to us." This is a joint statement by Burr and Warner. Uh, North Carolina, Burr, Warner, Virginia. Right. Based on the information available to us, we see no indication that Trump Tower was subject of surveillance by any element of the U.S. government, either before or after Election Day. That is a big fatty. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I just didn't know who... That's uh, a who, lie. Yeah, or, I remember that. Okay. they're stupid. Right. Take your yeah. pick. Yeah. They're both absolutely moronic. And they don't know what's going on, and they're on a top, they're the head of a Senate, Senate Intelligence uh, uh, Committee. Right. right. So they don't know anything? Really? Really. It's amazing. Yeah. So take your pick. That's a lie, or there's just, they're moronic. They're lazy, they're stupid, they're clueless. That's the only two options. That's the only two options. Who's behind they this? Say, uh, any surveillance by any element. Well, if everybody working out of the Trump Tower is being recorded and surveilled and incidental surveillance, then that's not a correct statement, is it? Not even close. This is no. the undermining of a president. I had Scott Eulinger on. I don't know if you've ever had him on. Uh, he no, calls me up I, and I know says, you know, I got something to say. Did you have him, did you have him on? No, we, we know who he is. Uh, He's a former CIA Eastern yep. Europe intelligence um, uh, chief, uh, station chief. Mm-hmm. And he comes on and says, you know, <laughs> you can see the interview. The interview is what, that was one of my worst audio-wise interviews, but great content. He said, Obama can call this what he wants. You know, he calls it the you know, Organization for Action, the OFA. He said, he can call it what he wants, but, you know, this is, uh, you know, a uh, shadow government that is designed to uh, embarrass and undermine the incoming president. That's what it is. And I want people to understand the overarching thing. I mean, we have Deepak Chopra got in on the action today. You know, the guru, the the, uh, man of enlightenment. You know, he says, uh, you know, when people show you who they are, you should believe them. Well, Deepak... You showed me you're a little biased weasel that doesn't know what he's talking about. Because he asked uh, for the president to uh, submit to a psychiatric evaluation after him saying that he was surveilled. Well, Deepak, you're stupid. And you've showed me who you are. You're a little biased weasel that doesn't know what he's talking about, that's trying to discredit the president. And the same thing with the NBC Enterprise um, uh, Saturday Night Live. Anything they can do to discredit the president, we're going to call it humor. 
Same oh, yeah. thing with the, uh, Colbert. Anything he can do, and he's got the approval of the of the top brass to do anything and everything they can to uh, tarnish Donald Trump in the Trump administration. Yep. This is the people that are the big media owners, giants, and since they couldn't do it by legitimate, their quote-unquote legitimate press, which is a propaganda machine, because that's clearly propaganda, right? Right? Yeah, by definition. If the textbook information, especially of a biased, misleading nature, their polls, misleading, uh, biased, they conspired. Uh, WikiLeaks showed that the press, New York Times, uh, NBC, um, uh, Politico, uh, you name it, uh, CNN, uh, they conspired with the Hillary camp, right? Yep. Used to promote or publicize particular uh, political calls or point of view. That, that propaganda. Textbook. Yeah. So, but at the epicenter, was it was it Obama at the epicenter of this back back in in the summer, or was what it did or was it Hillary? Just say? What did what did uh, Nancy Pelosi just say? Uh, she said she's so quote to apologize and yeah no 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 uh, well, yeah 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 but forget that she said Obama and Hillary are the leaders of the Democratic Party. Oh, okay. She just said it. Yeah, that's not me saying it. That's her. Yeah. And, you know, Obama, with his Organization for Action, who has, what, 30,000 people to go and protest, and, uh, you know, his Organization for Action, he's not putting tennis shoes on, on poor kids or, or, or buying uh, meals for kids that don't have anything to eat. Uh, you know, the action he has is, to, is, is sedition. Uh, funded by, uh, of course, he's got a 501c4, which means you can't find out where the funding came from. But many people say it's George Soros, that the reporting is George Soros is funding this. Uh, he should join David Rockefeller. So, you know, that's, um, it's, it, it, the overarching story is the undermining of a president that is against the news world, new world order. That's for America first. That's going to build a thirty-foot wall. That's not down with the illegal immigration. That's what we're talking about. That's the big story that nobody wants to talk about. And the press, even even uh, not all, but most members of Fox News, all the members of MSNBC, almost all. See, uh, you know, CBS Morning. That's a bunch of uh, lefty wackadoodles. Uh, they're they're not fair. Listen, I don't mind somebody criticizing Trump. As a matter of fact, if he he signs this legislation where illegals, uh, you know, get uh, health care, and uh, and uh, you know, now we pay our penalties directly to the insurance companies, and we still have all these regulations for Obamacare, I'm going to be pissed. You and me both, brother. That's a legitimate criticism. And if you have a legitimate criticism for the press, have at it. Legitimate. Don't be mean-spirited. I'll tell you something else. When I was a... I learned all this stuff, you know, through my years. I had worked for five TV stations, three of which I was an investigative reporter. At two networks. And at the networks, let me tell you something. At the networks, when you did an investigation on somebody... The lawyers would act as plaintiff's attorneys. They weren't there. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is great. Don't, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. That was some of the toughest. Unless you were sued, that's the toughest cross-examination you got. And, I mean, when we did a story, we interviewed somebody, we transcribed the whole thing. 
And we had a company do that. A word-for-word verbatim transcription. And then when we turned our scripts in, we gave, here's interview A of with uh, John, you know, uh, John Smith, and here's yep. interview B with uh, Emily, um, you know, uh, uh, Duncan, and here's interview C with so-and-so official, and here we had to have all that stuff transcribed. And here's our here's our, our uh, center of our investigation, uh, you know, reverends, you know, reverend, we cheated them, or whatever. Yep. And we had to make the best case for people. We couldn't just make a, a, a BS case and go, you know, go pick the nastiest thing that we could pick for somebody. And we, and now this is, this actually happened. This was a, a preacher. He was in, involved in a fraud. I love, I love fraud stories because it was, it was numbers and money and the numbers didn't lie and they, and they weren't Democrat or Republican. And, and the, and the outrage uh, were for somebody being ripped off was universal. Nobody cares if you're a Republican or a Democrat. They don't care. And I'm not neither. I'm neither a Republican or a Democrat or a Democrat. But we actually had a preacher who was at ABC News. And we had, I mean, our lawyers, all the lawyers went to Yale or Harvard or, you know, some Princeton. I mean, they're all Ivy League, you know, top dollar, top notch, you know, people with the best schools. And so we send the script over for, uh, let's say, let's call it Pastor uh, I Cheated Him, okay? And Pastor I Cheated Him in the interview, in the first few minutes of the interview, says, yes, uh, yes, I cheated him. Yes, I did that. Boom, got him. That's, that's the bite we used. Later in the interview, in about a 15-minute interview, he was a sit-down. He decided to sit down with us. He said, well, I did. I cheated him, but he didn't mean to. That was just total bullshit. <laughs> Guess what soundbite the lawyers made us use? That's right. I cheated him, and I didn't mean to. And we're like, what the what? And the lawyer said, you got to make your best case for them. You can't make your worst case for them. He sat down with you. you got to make your best case for them. Wow. And that's what you do when you do an investigation. Listen, if they're dirty, they're going to, you just, you're not going to get them. You're just going to put it on the air. And if you really have a case, you don't have to try to get somebody. If Trump really was that bad, you don't have to try to get him. Do you know what I'm saying? Good point. Yeah. You don't have to try to get him. The facts will, will do whatever they are, and people will judge for themselves whether he, he did the right thing. And the facts are not on the Democrats and the mainstream media side here. That's what I'm telling you. But they are out to get him. And Trump is making them look like fools. I mean, front page stories. No Obama wiretap. This is 321. The weekend edition. uh, You know, wiretap claim debunked. Well, no, not so much. Oops. Now, they're not going to spin that that way, that, oh, 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 yeah, there was, uh, yeah, everybody in the uh, transition team was being surveilled. Oh, my gosh. I mean, if I was uh, doing day-to-day news, if I was at one of the networks, because I never, these days, I would, they got rid of me because I was doing depleted uranium and, hey, the whole economy is going to blow up and, you know, whatever. But I would be going to Richard Burr, hey, yeah, what? you said there's no information. How can you be that wrong? Are you covering up for the spy agencies? How could you be this wrong? That's what I would ask them. That's what I would ask well, them. How can you be that wrong? You yeah. make public statements saying there was no evidence of surveillance. You put it in writing. This is your words in writing. I didn't misquote you. This is your words. But no one's asking these questions. At least not. Because they don't hire people like me. Yeah. They don't want people like me to figure it out. Oh, my God, No. I mean, I sat on the air and said Bush was a liar when it came to subprime housing. Oh, it's going to be contained. I said, he's a liar. I was on CNN. I said, he's a liar. I shouldn't have said that, but but he was. He was lying. That they, 
that's not going to be contained. I said the whole stock market was going to blow up. And I say we are in a recession. Well, we were in a recession. He was lying. And what happened to the stock market? Six, six, six. Yeah. And that's coming again, incidentally. That yeah, is- I, I caught one of your one of your recent. I, I heard that you were. I don't recall who you're speaking to, but yeah, it's coming. It's coming. But David Stockman, I had him on. He got two, two or three hundred thousand views on this. I mean, and the math on this, people will, you know, you're just being, you know, doomer, gloomer, you know, we're muddling along. What they've done to muddle this along is absolutely criminal. What they have done, because a lot of people missed the, that we should have had a crash already, and we didn't. And we didn't because of all the unbelievable, crazy money printing, fraud, uh, manipulation. I mean, I mean, Deutsche Bank uh, admitted to manipulating the price of gold and silver. Yes. Admitted to it, paid fines for it. And admitted that other primary dealers of treasury, there's only, what, 21 or 22 primary dealers in the world, of uh, Scotia Bank and uh, I think it's uh, Bank of Nova Scotia and HSBC. I'm pretty sure that they, they fingered them for helping them. And, of course, uh, if they were involved, you know, Goldman and I think uh, J.P. Morgan. It had to be all, everybody in the, in the, uh, who were selling the primary dealers of treasuries. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a right. license to print money until your credit rating falls to crap. But, uh, I digress. It, they, uh, what they did to stretch this out is un, unparalleled in human history. When uh, when Bush left office, he had about a nine trillion, ten trillion. Let's say let's round numbers. Let's work round numbers. He had about a ten trillion dollar uh, budget deficit. When Obama left office, he had a, he had, a, he had a twenty trillion. He's unbelievable. And of course, he had help with uh, Boehner and and the Democrat uh, House of Representatives and uh, and oh, yeah. the Democrat uh, Senate and the Republican Senate. I mean, Boehner uh, cut this deal with Obama to, you know, let the debt ceiling uh, go all the way to, ooh, uh, March 15th of 2017. That just passed. Nobody said a lot about that, but, woof, boy. Why do you think Trump is cut, 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 cut? Because he wants to extend bouncing off that debt ceiling. That's what he's doing. Yeah, and the, you know what that's, Trump says? ask you about uh, the debt ceiling, yeah. yeah. When Trump says that uh, I inherited a mess, that's what he's talking about. I mean, David Stockton was on, and he said, you know, he was in the in the Reagan administration, the very first Reagan administration. He said, you know, when Carter left office, I think I think the numbers are this is close, about nine hundred billion. We had less than a trillion dollars national debt when Carter mm-hmm. left office. When Reagan took over, when Reagan left office, we had a two point eight eight trillion dollar uh, national debt. I mean, he tripled he uh, tripled it, basically. Right. Yep. Well. What's going to happen to Trump? You think he can take it to forty trillion? You think he can tack on another five trillion? When do the people in the bond market and people don't realize this? Forget the stock market. Don't look at the stock market. Look at the bond market. The bond market is orders of magnitude bigger than the stock market. And yes, I know the ten-year Treasury is uh, it was at two point six, then it got down to two point four. It's around two point four for ten-year money. 
But that, you know, David Stockman said he's not going to be able to expand the debt. He's not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to expand the Fed balance sheet. They went from, I don't know, $800 billion to $4.5 trillion. And, you know, they're just, you know, how much more are they going to be allowed? The world has to allow us to, to expand this. They have to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll take your dollars. Yeah, no problem. I know you have nukes and everything's fine. And, yeah, we'll let you expand your dollars around the world. You can keep sending your dollars out here to buy oil and tennis shoes and Sony's and, and BMW's. And, yeah, we'll take your dollars. Hey, whoa. I mean, when, when this thing stops, it's going to stop hard, and it's going to stop fast. It's going to, it's, woof. But, but at what did, point does that happen? What point do people in the bond market that say, that bought 10-year treasuries that, you know, a year and a half yeah. ago, and uh, and two years ago, you know, a two, and, and, and as it went down, and, and 1.9, and 1.8, and 1.7, and 1.6, and 1.5, and 1.4, and 1.5, and 1.6, and 1.7, and 1. Who, all that debt, that's a two, three trillion, when, when do people say, whoa, it's 2.5, 3%, I'm selling, sell, sell, sell. That's a good point. I, I don't know. Are they going to have to buy all that debt? Is, is Donald Trump going to, um, is he going to call over to Steve Mnuchin and say, stop redeeming bonds, make them hold them to maturity? I don't know. Is That's he going to reorganize the debt? I mean, he did that, in the, and people shouldn't realize this. He did that in the in the, in the 80s. A brief history. I was watching this show on Donald Trump, and it just hit me. Oh, my gosh, I know what he's going to do. In the 80s, forget about his book, The Art of the Deal. What did he do in the 80s? Oh, man, he was dating the hottest chicks. He was making the Forbes 400. He was picking it, baby. He was killing it. He was killing it dead. And then the 90s came, and I think in 91 they raised the Fed fund rate a percent overnight. And he, he was zigging when the market was zagging. And he was going to go bankrupt. But he had all these banks. But by then, I mean, he was on the Today Show. He was in quarter in every newspaper. He was the man. He was young and handsome and, and dated the nicest looking women. His wives are gorgeous. And, and I'm not criticizing Trump either. I'm just telling you about what happened. Mm-hmm. And so by the time he gets to his trouble where he is in deep financial trouble, he makes a deal with the banks. Now, I don't know what he said in there in those meetings, but I suspect it was something like, listen, you guys, you can take me to Chapter 7, okay? You can liquidate me. You can force me into liquidation. But you're going to get diddly squat on the dollar. And let me tell you where you're really going to take a beating. I'm a, I'm a brand, and you got in bed with me. And you're going to let me go under your stock, Citibank, uh, Wells Fargo, uh, J.P. Morgan, uh, Goldman. Your stock is going to crater. You're going to get killed. You guys are going to look like buffoons. And they went, bloop. All right, what are the terms you need? Here's what I need. Now, expand that to what we have going on now. Think you might try that again? Oh, and incidentally, back then he didn't have nuclear weapons, and he does now. You think he might try that again? Wow, good point. You think he might try that again? I know things will be, well, you, do you think we're ever going to pay back this $20 trillion? No. And then, and then you think, and look at how his whole business model changed. His whole bit. Remember, he said, "Hey, I got eleven. I got ten billion dollar, uh, you know, net worth. I got eleven billion net worth, right? Eleven. Let's just say eleven billion, okay? Right. Yep. I, nobody's really disputed that. Let's say it's eleven billion with all this real estate. So he said, "I have very little debt." 
And then this story comes out and says, uh, Donald Trump owes $680 million. $680 million. That's unbelievable. Whoa. Let's bring this down to little people money now. So I got a $110,000 house. And I owe $6,800 on it. Do I look like I'm teetering on insolvency? I owe $6,800 on a $110,000 house. Am I getting ready to go bankrupt? Great analogy. Am I reckless with debt? No. Great That's analogy. Donald Trump. So and that, you see all the friend, all the cuts he's going to make. He's going to make deep cuts, and Don, yeah. and uh, and he's going to they're going to try to blame him on this. I don't know if he's, I don't know if it's going to stick to him. I don't know if they're going to be able to say everything's your fault. I don't think they're going to, they're going to try, but I don't think I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. But there's going to be nasty cuts. We, uh, I had Doug Casey on, and, and he said we should default on the debt because it's immoral to saddle all these kids with this. Well, these, what they're going to do is they're going to print tons of money. They're going to print money for a while. And I think they're going to have inflation and deflation at the same. They're going to, they're going to have to default, and they're going to have to print money. They have to pick winners. This is going to be the wildest time in the history of money, in the history of the world. This is going to be the wildest time ever. This is biblical. This is unparalleled. There's never been this much debt ever, never, ever in the world, ever. And they recorded since after the flood of Noah. I don't know what happened before that. I mean, I don't know if we have space aliens or you have another continent or Antarctica or whatever. But in this world, in our history, this has never been this way. We had 170, 160, 170 uh, trillion global uh, debt in 2008, and then now we have 200 and roughly 30 trillion. Depends on who you want to talk to. 199, 110, uh, 210, 230. I, 230 trillion, counting everything. Of debt, we expanded the debt 60, 70 trillion dollars. Do we make that better? Wow. We are. Great points all. Go ahead. We're running out of time. We've uh, got about we only got 30 a... seconds left. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just uh, talking. I'm... No, I I'm love sorry. it, you brother. Talk, I'm talking. So fire away. What do you wait, wait, wait. Uh, No, we, we, we got to, you know what? We're at the end of the segment. we got 30 seconds left. Uh, USAWatchdog.com. That's that's where people can go to find you, right? USAWatchdog.com. How else can we help you, brother? How else can we help you? That's it. You just have me on. I just enjoyed talking with you. I hope I didn't bore you. Oh, man. Our, our inbox is blowing up. And I gotta tell you, people love you. They love the, your frankness, and uh, God bless and, you, man. I, listen, I know this has been going on. I know this has been, been been going on for a while. I know people are talking about doom and gloom, but the math says this is when this blows. You better be ready. You better be ready. You better have your house title. You better have your car title. You better have some food. You better have some PB. That's lead in the periodic table. You better have everything. You better be like Bruce Lee. You know, Bruce Lee said it best when you have to train every part of your body because you never know what you're going to need in a fight. And Absolutely that's what right. people ought to, ought to take away from this. Greg, we got to cut you loose. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me on. Hope I didn't bore you. Absolutely. Not at all. Folks, we'll be right back with Pastor David Langford after this. Stay with us. It's the future. In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God particle before CERN actually discovered the God particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the Creator 
to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Giddy up, right? Saddle for battle. It's it's an incredible, incredible news cycle. News, oh my goodness, all the news that's uh, taking place. Terror attacks, and uh, for those who are not watching the corporate media, it is abundantly clear, or should be abundantly clear, that Donald Trump, President Trump, his. Uh, claim of surveillance he's been vindicated now Adam Schiff and others have been doing the two step trying to mitigate the damage from the statement that from the unmasking and you heard about that in earlier segments but it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out our, our, our oh boy do we need do we need this segment this this hour Pastor David Langford is coming right up. Before we get to Pastor Langford, let me just let me just say that we have music in our studios, and music is one of life's greatest pleasures. It, it's got tremendous power. It's got the power to bring a tear to your eye, or to quiet the racing mind, doesn't it? I mean, music also has the power to heal. This has been proven 
And it's been used through the ages to treat depression, to treat chronic illnesses, to create energy, to induce sleep, to relieve chronic pain, to reduce stress, and even cure diseases. This has been proven. And now, musician and author Michael Terrell has created Whole Tones. And you've heard him on our show, mentioned it earlier, the Healing Frequency Music Project. Whole Tones, the Healing Music, Healing Frequency Music Projects. These frequencies were studied in the music of King David and believed to have astounding healing effects. Now you, you the listener, can benefit from this revitalized ancient healing music therapy simply by listening daily to this music in the comfort of your own home or if you've got a commute in your car or your office. We do this. We do it all the time. Folks, reward yourself with a gift of healing and transformation. Don't miss this opportunity to get an absolutely free sample of this music so you can begin benefiting right right now. Seriously. I would urge everyone to try this out. Support this broadcast. Support this show. Go, go to wholetoneslive.com and get a free sample of these soothing, relaxing, revitalizing music, musical tones. Go to the URL wholetoneslive.com. You got that? WholeTonesLive.com today for your free sample. You heard Michael Terrell on, and he explained everything. Bible frequencies. That's WholeTones. I'm going to spell it for you. It's W-H-O-L-E-T-O-N-E-S. WholeTonesLive.com. Do it today. Joining us now is Pastor David Langford. Uh, he joins us each and every Wednesday. Uh, last two Wednesdays, he... He had off. We had to fit a, a guest in there, um, but he is back with us. And don't forget, next week is the the question and answer part of Pastor David Langford, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as the interview progresses. Uh, Pastor, it's great to have you back on. Uh, great to be with you, brethren, tonight, and to share the unsearchable riches of Christ. And what a profound and interesting time we are witnessing. Yes, it is. I, I don't think that could be overstated. You know. <laughs> It's it's an amazing time. Uh, I thank God that I'm alive today to see what's going on. But you know, with that with that with that observation, Pastor, a lot of people are having um, you know, there's some trepidation, there's some fear, there's some concern, there's this disconcernment, uh, you know. But uh, it, it's we know how this story ends. We know that we are saved through through our Lord and Savior. So that's that that's a great news. Well, that's without a doubt, Matthew twenty four thirteen. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. We're not at the end yet. Therefore, it's imperative that we endure. Um, you know, it's amazing how God has anointed Donald Trump. Now, I know that makes some people cringe, especially all the purported Christian Trump haters that hate this man. You know, some are calling him the possible Antichrist. Of course, that's been going on ever since the beginning of time. But what Donald Trump is, Doug and Joe, is he's God's anointed. Psalms 105.15 saying, Touch not mine anointed. Then it says, And do my prophets no harm. God's anointed does not have to be a preacher or a prophet or a pastor or an apostle or an evangelist. An anointed vessel is simply that, God's chosen vessel, for whatever particular thing that God has willed or planned. That's why Trump 
relates so significantly to Cyrus. Cyrus didn't even know God. He had no relationship with God whatsoever. And I watch as this man has bumfuzzled the world and Christianity in general. And you know, he's being vindicated about the wiretapping. And I'm watching all of this explode, and the Bible talks about a spirit of madness. In Deuteronomy 28, 28, the Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Now the word madness in the Hebrew means insanity, craziness. Are we not witnessing insanity all over the place? You know, it, the first real pronouncement of that was seven years ago when Nancy Pelosi said, we've got to pass the bill to see what's in it. Now, that will go down in history as one of the most moronic statements ever made by a human being. I mean, a jackass has got more sense than that because it can rationalize with God and with man. And so when you witness the spirit of madness that God said he would bring upon those who spurn him and reject him, we're beginning to witness the insanity of people's legitimate thinking. They're, they're literally insane. And then there's another verse in Deuteronomy 32 and 25, the sword without and terror within. Now, because of all of this illegal immigration, we're witnessing terror throughout all of these civilized communities. And it's because this is the work of the spirit of the Antichrist to bring globalism into the world, a world without borders. That cannot be. God never made it like that. He gave Israel their borders, as I've said before in Genesis 15, from the Nile River to the Euphrates. I'd have to go back and look at my geography, the north and the south, but I know the east and the west was the Nile and the river Euphrates. And you're witnessing the, the insanity, the asininity of leaders who are operating in a spirit of madness. And what has really brought that to its zenith is the element of sin, uh, Matthew 24 12, and because iniquity or lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And now we have a, a generation of lawlessness that anybody can do anything, break the laws. The laws are for the crooks. The laws are for the criminals. It seems like a just man can never get justice, but a wicked man gets more than justice. And it shows you how the tables have so turned. And this is why the church today has to remain focused. I want, I want to give an analogy here. It may be a poor analogy, but it's, I think it's a good analogy. From zero to a hundred, hundred, the machine blows up, it explodes, it's eviscerated, parts flying everywhere. We were at 91, and God mashed the pause button and just stopped everything in its tracks and inserted a parenthetical time and a parenthetical move for not anyone else but for the church, God's people, to help us to get where we need to be. Now, there's a very unique thing about a pause button. 
especially on a CD, a song, or whatever, when you go back and mash the pause button to start playing again, you don't start back at zero. You pick right back up at 91. So God has pressed the pause button, and everything has all of a sudden seemingly waned and abated. And now it's just kind of a pause. There's a moment here, a breathing moment. But when God mashes the pause button to start it back, we don't start back at zero and build up. We're already at 91. So we have just a short time till we get to the 100 measure, and then we have obliteration. And this is what the Lord's been putting in my heart. For us to not be deceived, nothing has changed other than God has said, I'm going to pause things to give my people a chance to pray, a chance to fast, a chance to cry out to me, because we were headed down a road of destruction. And and, and nothing has changed. I heard your previous uh, guest talking about the national debt, $20 trillion. God smashed the pause button, but has the debt disappeared? No. When God hits the button again, this debt will be the same, if not more, and the pressure will even be greater. So, I want to encourage the people of God. Now is the time to press in. Don't quit praying for Donald Trump. Pray and cover him in the blood of Jesus Christ. Because, let me tell you, Satan is going to do everything that he can to destroy this pause. Satan is angry. I was sharing with someone earlier tonight, Revelation 4 and 8, talking about the cherubim, the seraphim. It says, They rest not day or night, crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And the reason I referenced that verse, it says, They rest not day or night. Why? They are spiritual creatures, spiritual entities, spiritual beings. That's what Satan is and his minions and the third of the angels that fell with him. They neither rest day or night. So when you and I are in the bed sleeping, they're on the other side of the world wreaking havoc and raising all kinds of hell, trying to destroy humanity in every sense of the word. They, they never rest. They never stop. So if God's creatures that stayed committed, sanctified to him, rest not day nor night. Look at the fallen angels and those who are with Lucifer the demonic entities and powers and principalities of the air, they don't rest day or night. So it, it's, it's a continual onslaught. When you wake up in the morning, you ought to say, God, I come against every plot that Satan made against me while I was asleep in the bed. I come against that evil, that wicked, sinister, vile plot. He's tried to plot against my home, my family, my life, my business, my spouse. I rebuke it in Jesus' name because he's not going to rest. And so because we have seen so much wickedness, so much sin, so much lawlessness, now people are becoming literally mad with the spirit of insanity. Did you see the, uh, the collegiate news reporter the other day that said now milk was racist? Yes. Yeah, I did see that. Um, and it was uh, Mark Dice did a, a video on this, uh, for those of you who follow him on YouTube, but there... There was a few reports. The one, the latest report was was piggybacking off a report from a few months ago, but they they go on to say that it's a a symbol of of you know white supremacy and, and privilege. <laughs> it is insanity. It is. It, you you know, I, I was. Like what about a mother 
nursing a five-day-old baby with her yeah. God-given breast milk. Is, is that racism? Well, you know, what I remember now exactly what the claim was. They claimed that, that milk was racist because apparently 75% of African Americans are lactose intolerant. And they, not only was milk racism, but the United States uh, health guidelines were racist as well, is what they claimed. You, you know what? You can't even argue that. I mean, you can't even argue the insanity of that. You see, that's the insanity. That's why God said what happened, madness. I, I know we don't live under the law, but the wages of sin is craziness. It's insanity. It's. It, 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 I mean, you see, none of this stuff to a, 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 a Christian, none of this stuff makes any sense at all. It, it, it just, you look at this and you're like, how in the world can anyone be this crazy? You know, the prodigal son in the 15th chapter of Luke in verse 17 says, and when he came to himself, now he's been down at the hog pen, filling his belly with husk that the swine did eat. And he said, when he came to himself, when he came to his senses, you see, he was insane because he took his his blessings from his father and he went out and the Bible said he wasted his substance with riotous or excess living. This is a nation of excess. This is exactly what he did. And when he had spent all that he had, there arose a mighty famine in the land. This is going to be a repeat. There's nothing new under the sun. And he began to be in want, the Bible said. Now he has need. See, he has a deficiency. He's got a, 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 a shortfall uh, in, his, in his own life. But the Holy Spirit pricked his mind, and he came to himself. You know, Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind. God sent a spirit on him. He lost his mind. He grew claws like an eagle and feathers on his back. But then when God restored him to his right mind, he acknowledged the deity and the majesty of Jehovah. And I witnessed it many times in a week. As I talk or I listen to people, and I listen to the insanity, I listen to their, their madness. I mean, I mean, just like that girl to write that article about milk is a type of racism. I mean, you, you can't get any more far out there you talk about looking for stupidity. This girl, now this is this is our college students that have become so dumbed down that that, that that they would even think like that. This is this is the the process of the people's thoughts. I mean, I've never looked at milk and said because it's white it's racist, or I've looked at chocolate milk said because it's brown or black it's it's racist. I mean, this is insanity, guys. And this is the world we're beginning to live in. But I believe with all of my heart, God has opened the door through Donald Trump. As we've said many times, it was totally impossible without God's help to have done what he did. And we have a chance here. And, and, and everyone must keep praying. We must keep seeking God. We, we, we have a problem in the church. When we get a victory, we suddenly go back to sleep. We, we can't do that. We can't go to sleep at the wheel. God has given us an element of time and going to give people of, of, his, of his kingdom more power, more authority to do more things for him. Now, that a power, of course, should never be abused. 
And regretfully, there'll be those who will abuse it. I mean, that happens uh, because they become covetous or whatever the case might be. Uh, people can't handle the blessings of God. There are those who can. They never stray. They never err. No matter how much God gives them, they stay on track. There are those who get a little bit, and their focus is no longer on God, but it's on the prosperity, it's on this and on that. But I want to encourage people to stay focused, because we're entering into a time of great warfare, but every time there's a great warfare, there's a great victory. You know, we we experienced a great victory, and I want to experience a lot more victories. I, I don't want to to lose uh, any ground that we have conquered, that we have gained. And, of course, Satan wants us you know, to, to not take that mindset of we're going to be strong, we're going to fight, we're going to battle, but he wants us to capitulate, surrender, and give in and just you know, go back to sleep. But now is the time, as never before, to stay strong in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Indeed, Pastor. And what I see happening, um, I see a lot of Christians abandoning their posts right now. I don't know if that's the way to phrase it. But I, I mean, you you said it, but go ahead. That right, what you said, post. The mm-hmm. root word of apostate is post. A p o s t a t e. The root word is post. What you said is so so insightful. When you become an apostate. As a, only a Christian can become an apostate. Sinners cannot become apostates. Only those who have known the way of truth and they leave their post and they go back to the vomit and to the mud, as Peter said in Second Peter 2, that they go back to the old ways that they were before they were born again. And that's why they leave their post and that's an apostate. And what you said is so significant tonight that if we're not careful, a lot of people are going to leave their post and wander and drift and just waft away and think, well, we dodged a bullet, let's go back, and we can live anyway, we can do anything, we can uh, no longer prepare, just, just everything's going to be fine. I want people to understand tonight, nothing has fundamentally changed God just hit the pause button, but when he hits it the second time to start it back up again, we're at 91. We're not going back to zero and building up all this momentum. We're going to be right back into the throes of this adversity. And this is what God did to Israel time after time after time after time. You know, and they just couldn't handle the blessings, and they fell back into sin and would go back into bondages. bondages. And that's why we have the book of Judges. It is a perpetual of bondage deliverance, bondage deliverance, bondage deliverance. Except this time, I don't think there'll be any coming out of it until Jesus returns in all this kingdom. I really do. But that that is a profound point in losing their leaving their post. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, uh, well, no, and I appreciate. It. Thank you so much. I mean, it, it was just it, it's just been on my mind so much because we we see um, we. we um, we just see this this lackluster nature of Christians right now, and I and I had when I opened the show, I was upset about Christians not fighting back or or standing up for what is biblically right, what is righteous. 
that we need to do. I mean, we we have to we have to say, you know, we're not going to compromise uh, on on any number of issues. And, and it's almost as if, um, well, it's almost as if many Christians and and I and I pick on or I, I don't mean to pick on Christians, but it, I'm a Christian, so I, I can relate to this. I think, but it, it's almost as like many many of us have. Um, we're taking the easy way out. Uh, we are refusing to stand up and, and, and fight back. And, and I don't mean physically fight. I mean, say, no, this is wrong. This is morally, spiritually, intellectually incorrect, as opposed to taking the easy way and just not addressing the situation. And, and I just see that this happening more and more. Um, the, the, the greater the, the greater the winds seem to be, whether it's just perception or, it, Practical, the greater the ambivalence on the other side seems to be, and that maybe that's just my erroneous perception. I, I hope it is. No, it's not. I was in a meeting Monday night, and uh, I had to become demonstrative and regretfully a little more vocal than I needed to be. But what I was witnessing, and I set it out to, to the, the the board I was setting in, and the people that were in the room. This is one of the most immoral. Schemes, crookedness, I mean, salacious, wicked things I've ever witnessed. And the guy that's causing all the problem says he's a Christian. He says he's a Christian. This is the deception in the Christian world. And you've heard me, Doug, and Joe talk about your conscience. Other than the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, that's the highest level of authority in anyone's life is their conscience. And you can see... As you're well seeing, Doug, there are those who don't have a God consciousness. You know, Psalms 10, 4 said, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. If men incorporated God in their thoughts, abortion would not be legal. Right. But they don't incorporate God and their thoughts, so abortion is legal. You know, Psalms 94, 16, the psalmist said, Who will rise up for me against the evildoers, or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? God asked a very simple question. Who will rise up? Who will stand up for me? We are God's ambassadors. Each of us have a different, different level of ambassadorship. But we all are ambassadors. And he says, who will rise up for me? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Iniquity is lawlessness. We know that, Matthew twenty four twelve. the word iniquity is lawlessness. When you see anything that is a type of lawlessness, you should stand up and say, that is wrong. We cannot go down that path. We cannot do that. There are consequences. You know, the scripture I've quoted for the last eight years, redundantly, was Proverbs 29, 2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked barreth rule, the people mourn. We've, we've witnessed people lost their homes, lost their jobs, on welfare, food stamps, public housing, mourning. Why? The wicked are in authority. But let the righteous... You know, everybody wants to laud Bill Clinton 
Yeah, Bill Clinton just reaped Ronald Reagan's sowing. Ronald Reagan declared the Bible to be the book of the year in 1984. That just bled over into the 90s because we had sown eight years of righteousness. And he got the he got the rewards, he got the benefits, but it wasn't because of him. He was a womanizing whatever. And uh, but 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 the nation was blessed because righteousness was exalted. When a nation uh, lives in sin, it becomes debased. It, it's brought down, and we have been brought down so low, you know. But God is giving us a time to be raised back up. Righteousness exalts anything. Wickedness debases anything. It's very simple. Just do the right Absolutely, thing. I know we're Pastor. close to the break, Joe. Yeah, we're up against the break. And, you know, we were talking with um, Greg Hunter in the last segment about the propaganda and, you know, this continued pushing of a lie. And, and these people have told a lie for so long and so many lies for so long in so many different ways that it is uh, captivating the minds of people who who don't know or, or don't care what truth is beyond what they want it to be. And it You're has exactly turned right. people mad. It has turned people insane. And we're seeing the results of this all over the country. Folks, we're talking with Pastor David Langford, the voice of evangelism.com. We'll be right back after these short messages. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. Uh, it's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Caring Close in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journeys kit at www.changewilsonwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. 
this is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. We're talking with Pastor David Langford, and we're talking about the the spirit of truth and uh, the manipulation and the lies and the insanity that we see in our world today. We're going to get back to Pastor Langford in just a second, but first... uh, Yeah, you know, uh, folks, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Of course, we know everyone's getting censored. The message from Pastor David Langford, of course, is so important to get out. Please share this segment of the program with uh, with your family and friends. Uh, but again, subscribe to the Hagman Report. Uh, just go to Hagman and Hagman.com or HagmanReport.com and click the subscribe button or, or if you're listening to this on Global Star or BTR. Before we get back to Pastor Langford, I just want to direct everyone to TexasReady.net, TexasReady.net. You know, as we approach the times, the event horizon, whatever they might be, yeah, I, look, you don't need me to tell you what's out there on the horizon. Folks, one of the most important items you can you can have in your pantry for these times, or just as we approach spring, for spring planting are seeds. Regionally appropriate, open-pollinated heirloom seeds. And TexasReady.net has certified seeds. They're more expensive, but they think you're worth it, as we do as well. If you don't know how to garden, Texas Ready, they've got several excellent reference manuals as well. We've met the owner of Texas Ready, Lucinda Bailey. She's called the Seed Lady and for good reason. She really knows her seeds. Folks, seeds of all types, TexasReady.net. That's TexasReady.net. 80-plus varieties of vegetables and fruits, including eight dual-purpose herbs for culinary and medicinal purposes. They've got it all. TexasReady.net. That's all you need to know. Again, Pastor David Langford is our guest, the voice of evangelism.com, as well as his radio show on Blog Talk Radio Network, the voice of evangelism. Pastor Langford, where do you want to, where do you want to go this segment? You mentioned something, Joe, before we broke about propaganda. Hitler spent two years in prison. When he got out of prison, he testified that the greatest thing he learned in prison was the power of propaganda. And that's why he was able to accomplish and deceive and manipulate and come to the zenith of power that he came to through propaganda. You know, most of the networks are not even mentioning the 14-year-old girl that was raped under the Maryland School District. What they don't want you to know is 30 to 35 percent of the kids in the schools are illegal immigrants and cannot speak English. Can you fathom a ninth-grade teacher trying to teach biology and 
10 to 12 of her classroom students don't even understand English. Do you think that impedes her ability and brings down the education of the other 20 students in the room? Sure it does. But your liberals say, but this is public education. It's for everyone. But if a ninth grader does not know how to read C, Tom, Chase, Spot, how, what's he doing in a, a biology class in the ninth grade? So this is this is what liberal thinking has done to our society because it's madness. It's absolute insanity. I'm sorry, you got ready to say something. No, I I posted a few stories on on HagmanReport.com about this yesterday and today. Um, there's some some new information. Uh, what's really startling here is the the crime, and you have two. Um, Immigrants who one was seventeen, one was eighteen, both were listed as freshmen, and then the school has been defending their policy of having these immigrants in the classroom. As the article titled "Parents' Emotions Raw in Wake of Rape at Maryland High School," as a fourteen-year-old girl was raped inside a, Mar- uh, a Maryland high school, uh, has parents you know stoking in anger, but it had little effect on politicians committed to the so-called sanctuary policies. That's on HagmanReport.com. From Fox News, I, I can't believe you know they had a they held a meeting without any media members there and invited the parents to come in, and all these parents are expressing their outrage over this and over the danger that their children are in by bringing some of these uh, immigrants into the class. And the school says, you know, this is not going to change our policies, um, and, and you know these these uh, illegal immigrants weren't even in the same classroom as this girl, so you know it, it really wasn't. Um, I mean, they're just making excuses for these people, and, and it's very infuriating. Well, what's amazing is how liberals are the greatest advocates of public education, but they have all their kids in private school. So they don't, they don't, well, want, your, they don't want their kids brainwashed. They want your kids brainwashed. Go ahead, Doug. I'm sorry. No, I, I just I was saying that, that that is so true. It's the limousine liberal mindset out there. Uh, Pastor, I'm sure a lot of Christians might say, well, wait a minute, uh, uh, as Christians, we should be not just tolerant, but open toward, uh, you know, open arms, of course. So let's embrace the, uh, these refugees, the, the people in need, the people who are from war-torn countries and using Christianity as kind of a, um, what would you call it? A, a springboard to accept this kind of, uh, infiltration in our country. I, I know well, it's kind the of truth. A, Burfrey, but I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean. Yeah, I, I just I, I didn't mean to go too far afield a, a there with you. But no, uh, there's no one more discriminating than Christ. I mean, if Christ were here today, he would be eviscerated because of his discrimination. He said to Nicodemus, "Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." In other words, he's telling him, "Pal." If you don't see things my way, you're not going to make it. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. They'd say, that is discrimination, Jesus. We can get there through Allah. We can get there through Shintoism. He'd say, no, you can't. So they'd say, you're discriminating. You're, you're not just. You claim you're a God of justice. Hey. Those that are not redeemed in the blood of Jesus Christ cannot make it. And and, and, and I know people want us... I hear that mess all the time, Doug. 
you know, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Nobody was more perfect and more right, more just, more honest than Jesus Christ. And it was the people that said they knew God, walked with God, and understood God, that gave him the most vexation of his whole life. The vexation was off the charts. But, you know, Jesus was adamantly, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and you hypocrites. Woe unto you, blind guides. Woe unto you, fools and blind. You know, he, he, he called them vipers. He called them snakes. He called them hypocrites. Hey, if Jesus can do it, I don't see why I can't do it. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? See, I hear all my little goody-two-shoes preachers, well, they would never preach the 23rd chapter of Matthew. But, oh, if you're going to preach Jesus, preach all of him. But they don't want to preach that part because that might be... Can you imagine some of today's national preachers getting up in the pulpit and reading from Matthew 23, 33. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. Of course, their arrogance, he says, well, we would never have done that. He said, no, you're just the children of the fathers that did those things. This is, this is where we are today. So when you know somebody like me will come along and preach all the Bible, you know, I'm castigated. I'm not such a nice Christian, you know. But my Bible is clear in the Pauline epistles. I'm not to be unequally yoked with people who do not believe the entirety of the Word of God. You know, you've got people that tell you the book of Revelation has already been fulfilled. And I tell people, well, where are the righteous dead that should be raised according to Revelation 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, and such the second death hath no power. All right, there, this has been going on since 70, 80, 90 A.D., attacking the book of Revelation direct indirectly like Hymenaeus and Philetus in Second Timothy two seventeen and 18. And their word, talking about Hymenaeus and Philetus, will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. So we have people, they say, oh, the book of Revelation is totally symbolic. It's not literal. Well, you have to be spiritually mature to look at one verse and say that is symbolic, that is literal, and that is spiritual. Like Revelation nineteen fifteen, out of his mouth goeth a sharp two-edged sword, that with it he shall smite the nations, he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Now let's be pragmatic. Do you think you're going to see a stainless steel sword coming out of the mouth of Jesus Christ? No. But his word... Hebrews 4.12, Paul said, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So that sword 
that John saw coming out of Christ's mouth was not a stainless steel sword. It was the Word of God. And then it says, He shall rule with a rod of iron. Well, you reckon he's going to walk around with a two-foot, half-inch piece of rebar in his hand? I kind of wish he would and tap a few people on the head. But that is symbolic, <laughs> you know? Um, so you, you have to look at the Scriptures, and, it, and only mature Christians can rightly divide the Word of God. That's why you have such confusion in the church today. You know, Second Timothy 2.15, Paul said, Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, when, he's, when he treads the winepress and fierceness of his wrath, that's not a literal winepress. But it is as a winepress when he gets ready to vent his wrath. Nothing will get out without being pressed. Nothing will get through. So we, 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 we have to look at things and prayerfully say, God, help my understanding. Luke twenty four forty five. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And uh, so this is why you have such a morass of false teaching, of heresy, of Jesus wouldn't say that, Jesus wouldn't do that. Well, if you don't know your Bible, you don't know what you're talking about. Because, as I said, a few preachers would stand in the pulpit on Sunday morning and quote Matthew twenty three thirty three with the with with the with the spirit in which Christ made that statement, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Preachers don't even believe in hell. You know, some preachers believe all the hell we're ever going to know is what's here on the earth. Well, if that's all we're going to know, this is a gravy train. But that's not reality. There is a literal hell. Because we know, according to Luke 16, the rich man who died and went there, he was tormented in flames. See, that, that, that's a literal story. I shouldn't say story. It's a literal truth about these two men. It doesn't say it's a parable. It's clear. One was a poor man, one was a rich man. And uh, so, you know, as we walk this journey, this pilgrimage, my, my point of reference is always the Word of God. You know, when my watch is broke, I go to a jeweler. When my car's broke, I go to a mechanic. When my life and the things around my life and in the lives of others, my point of reference is the Word of God. You know, my point of reference is the Word, because the Word will tell me, the Word of God tells you more about humanity than any book you could ever read from a, a Ph.D. or a psychologist or psychiatrist. This book will answer all the questions, because God made man. I like what Donald Trump said, he was in Florida, he said, God made all of us. He made all of us. And he's the only one that can fix all of us. And so when you try to fix anything, an institution or a generation or a society without God's aid and assistance, it's impossible. Did you see where France is praying for revival? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't Somebody's that finally waking up that we need sovereign help, and it's not going to come from man. Go ahead. No, I just find that very interesting. We're seeing things that I never thought I'd see. But 
Psalms 108.12, David said, Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. I mean, David understood, I cannot go out there in my own self and, and defeat Goliath. But he went out there with a sling and five stones. And he brought down the man, and I'll keep preaching this. I know people sometimes disagree with me. That stone didn't kill him. That stone just knocked him out. That's why he ran up there, pulled the sword out of Goliath's sheath, and beheaded him. And brought his head back to the armies of Israel and said, here's what the Lord does. David took no no uh, uh, gratification or self-accolades to say, look what I did. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. You, know, you come to me with a sword. You come to me with a spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord, the Lord of hosts. Folks, that's, that's where our power is. It's in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And I want to encourage you. We can have so much victory here in this hour if we will just keep pressing in. You know, you you got to keep, you got to be determined. you got to be like that athlete who's determined to win the marathon, win the race. You, you have to be disciplined. That's where we get the word disciple. We get the word dis- discipline because we're disciplined. A disciple is disciplined to the tenets or, or doctrines of whoever they're following. And we're followers of Christ. And the greatest discipline is crucifying our flesh. And as you said, Doug, too many people's not willing to crucify their flesh, so they leave their post. You can't do it, folks. Mm. you got to be steadfast. In 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, Paul said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. What causes a Christian to be steadfast is that they know their labor is not in vain. I know when I pray, when I fast, when I give, when I try to preach the Word of God, whatever I'm doing for the Lord, I know in the the depth of my heart, I may not see the results that I want to see, but I do know one thing. If I remain steadfast, God is not unrighteous to forget our work and labor of love, he said. And, you know, my steadfastness makes me unmovable. When something is not steadfast, it becomes movable. And David said in Psalm 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. And, and if the people of God will garrison themselves with God's Word, with the Holy Spirit of God, we can have victory. And you know, I'm expecting to see some great, great things this year. And, and it'll never happen like you and I will think it will happen. God said in His Word in 1 Corinthians 1, He said He takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise that no flesh should glory in his presence. Everybody said Donald Trump can't win. But you know what? God said, I'm going to show you what I can do. Nobody thought David could defeat Goliath. Nobody believed that but one man or one child. And, of course, it was, it was David. He believed 
he could go out there and he could defeat that giant. He believed it because he had a relationship with God. He knew that God was able to help him to accomplish that. And when you walk with God, you know, it, it builds your confidence. It builds your um, it builds your faith. And uh, David knew that as God helped him defeat the lion and defeat the bear, he said, God will help me to defeat this uncircumcised Philistine. And so he did it. He had faith in it. And we need to have faith in God, just like the psalmist. And if we will put our faith in God and trust God, there's no doubt in my mind that God will not help us in, in, in this end time hour, and we can defeat our enemies. And uh, so when we pray, when we fast, and we keep trusting God, we're going to see victories will take place. I want to share a verse of scripture while I'm on that. From 1 Samuel 17 and 46, David is talking to the giant. He said, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I was reading that six months ago, that all the earth may know that there is a God. Now, I'm going to get a little carnally minded here. But if I, Doug, you and I went into a, a bar, and we were watching a football game, and we made a statement, well, that's like David against Goliath. Most people would know who we were talking about. Right. Because that analogy is used all the time. Why is that analogy used? Because God said that all the earth may know there is a God. So if I walked into a bar and I talked about Lazarus, and the resurrection, people would they would not even relate to that. But if I use the phraseology, David and the giant, David and Goliath, they'd all relate to that because God said the whole world's going to know about this story. And you know what? For the most part, whether you're a heathen, a sinner, a Christian, whatever, they know about David and Goliath because God said it. That that shows you when God says something, it's just not mere verbiage, mere words. There is a significance. You've heard me quote it. First uh, Corinthians fourteen ten. There are, and it may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. What God spoke is always significant. It bears witness. It bears significance. And so when God said through David, of course, that all the earth may know that there is a God, he wasn't lying. Because even if you go into a dam, uh, a gambling den or a bar and you mention David and God, they know exactly what you're talking about. In other words, the, the, the feat is impossible. But, you know, it could happen, but for the most part it's impossible. So that just shows you when God says something, we need to embrace it and believe it. Amen. 
I never, I never thought of it. I, I just, you know, when you, it's so simple, David and Goliath, what you said, Pastor, I never really related it to God's word like that. And, and I, I'm ashamed to admit that. Hey, no, I just saw this six months or so ago when I was reading it, that all the earth may know. And it hit me when I read it. I mean, I've read it God only knows how many times. But every person fundamentally knows about David and Goliath. I mean, it's just, you know, in a sports world, you hear that analogy all the time. There's no way that guy can beat that guy or whatever the case might be. But that's because God said it. And that gives me courage and strength in my inner man when I read what God has said, and I see it even on the lips of sinners, I know it's true without a doubt. Amen. Wow. Wow. Yeah, just thinking about that, it, it's, uh, it makes me smile. I mean, uh, my goodness, uh, that the whole world would know. The whole world would know. And they do know. <laughs> and they do. And they do, and, and wow, it's amazing. I, I I love your 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 phrase. Just keep pressing in. There you go. I mean, th- that's just a marvelous to me a marvelous instruction. That's what we need to do. Well, that's how we overcome. That's how we'll be victors. I reckon next Wednesday night is the last Wednesday night. We'll be uh, taking a few questions, I suppose. Yes, Pastor. As a matter of fact, people can uh, can send the uh questions in in fact what we'll do is is we'll put it we'll put the address on uh, hagmanreport.com but I yeah, just contact us at the voice of evangelism i've got some on my okay. desk now okay okay and of and, course and i think once the, the last half hour we're going to take calls uh yes with your permission we will and it's sure, going to be great because so many people want to want to ask you to talk to you well hopefully i'll be able to to answer a few of them I don't know it all. I'll be honest. I, I don't want people to ever think I know it all. If I don't have an answer, I'll just tell you I don't have an answer. I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite and make up something that like I'm the smartest guy in the world because I am not the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> I'm I'll not as you. smart as Doug or Joe. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'll tell you something. In terms of, of the Bible, um, we're just we're just thankful that that we have you. Uh, to turn to when we have questions on the Bible. I, uh, it's just, you're, you're an amazing man, and I just want to say thank you so much for being part of our show. Such an integral part of our show. Thank you. Well, I'm humbled by that, I promise you. I, I, and I'll say that with humility. I'm not trying to feign humility, but I, I don't know it all. I just, you know, I love the Lord. I know you guys love the Lord, and that's why we do what we do, because we love Him and we want to serve God's people. Amen, Pastor. And, Pastor, thank you so much for being, again, for, for your gracious gift of time tonight. Thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, we can't wait for next week. It's, it's All right. God a, bless everyone. And, hey, hey, by the way, on the Wednesday night, I think it'll be April the 12th. I think it's April the 12th. Passover is April the 11th, so I want to have communion on the, thir- the 12th, alive with the people on the air. I think it's April the 12th. If I'm okay. not mistaken, because Passover is the 11th. Okay, that sounds that sounds marvelous. In fact, it will be the 12th. So okay, great, that's great. Right. So All I right. I thought Passover was the 11th, and that way we'll have communion the day after Passover. So what better time to celebrate uh, Jesus' passion and having communion the day after? Amen to that. 
Pastor, okay, guys. Thank you so very much. God we love you guys, you. and we'll see you next week. All right. Amen. All right. Have a blessed have night. Good night. All right. Good night. Wow. What a great end to a, to a show. And um, we love Pastor David Langford, thevoiceofevangelism.com. Be sure to send him an Go to thevoiceofevangelism.com. Send him an email. Tell him how much you appreciate his gift of time. Because it, it is... Uh, you know, it, it's a commitment that he's got, and he's sharing his time with all of us. Uh, we, we really hope you enjoyed the program, and we certainly hope uh, you subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we're in this battle together. Joe, I'm going to let you close out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to pull up the schedule for tomorrow here. I know in the first hour we have um, Lynn Liaz. She's going to be with us. In the first hour. Yeah, I think she was sick the last time she didn't. Come on. And then we have, uh, Steve St. Agnello in hour two, and hour three is going to be open. And don't forget. SGT report, or SRS report, I'm sorry. And don't forget on Friday, we will be joined, uh, by Roger Stone, as well as Kevin Ship after Roger Stone. So it's a really strong closeout to the week, and, um, there's no shortage of, of news and things going on. Um, Pay attention. Uh, the, these people, I just saw a report, CNN put out a report, uh, Donald Trump may have, there's maybe new information of suspected ties to, to Russia. I think they're trying to counter the, uh, narrative on the surveillance that's coming out. So keep your eye on that, as well as for the name of the London attacker, the terrorist attacker, if that ever gets released. Folks, have a good night. Stay safe. God bless. Until tomorrow.